so this is no sold episode 46 we're back again we got the east 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 connection frank out on assignment doing some work for us in uh, san diego we'll see him back again soon but we got zern joining the crew how are you feeling Chad, tonight man. feeling great nice sixers win Roadman in the house, Zern, big time in us again, wearing sunglasses to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Coming off this big uh, thriller, Sixers win, up 3-0, so th- life is good in Philly. But uh, we're not really here to talk about the NBA as much as we want to. We were kind of spitballing NBA player, WWE wrestler comparisons before we started recording. And uh, I mean... We went to Bill Russell and Bruno, maybe Bruno and uh, maybe Bill Russell and Flair. But we we were asking, who's Jordan? Who's the Jordan of of pro wrestling? And I came to to, to the grips with that it's Roman Reigns. And Duke wanted to end uh, this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that one day. I'm maybe. not going to let you spoil my night talking about the Great North with this blast to me. That's fair. That's fair. We will talk about that eventually. But I want to talk about uh, last week real quick before we go into this week, which this week we're going to be talking all about the greatest wrestlers from Canada, the all time greats from Canada. And uh, we'll get into that. But last week we talked about ECW barely legal 97, which was ECW's first ever pay-per-view. That was fun. That actually got a lot of a lot of really good feedback, surprisingly. And uh, there's still that that uh, crowd for ECW. It's alive and well. You guys check in on e- your ECW in a, in any year uh, span? Will you check in and watch some old ECW? Guys, sir. Personally, I don't, but I like that's why I love these rewatches when you guys do them because it gives me an excuse to right. Um, I, even live, I don't remember watching a lot of them live, but. Mm. Uh, Right. As far as going back and watching them now, I, I haven't, I haven't watched uh, that, that one probably in over a decade, the one that we uh that you guys watched last week. So yeah, it was fun to go back and watch it, and um, especially uh, I don't know how you guys did it with the Peacock version, man. That that was brutal, <laughs> man. I I was lucky enough to have a copy of the uh the regular version of it, which is which is great, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, them Peacock versions are brutal, but uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, Duke, you said. I think you and I both like we did not remember specific matches. No, so like I remember certain things. Like I, I think I did watch that live. Like when I was thinking about it, because I remember being super hyped for that Taz and Sabu, you know, the big showdown. It underperformed for sure, but I still think it was enjoyable because, like, you know, like I said, the build up and stuff. You give me a good story, man. Like that's all mm-hmm. I need. Like, um, so. To answer your question, I don't really think I go back and watch a lot of ECW unless I might be talking to somebody about it, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I want to watch that, you know, that type of thing. It's not like a yearly rewatch like we do, you know, for Rumble season, for WrestleMania season, et cetera. Um, I go, if anything, I go way back and like watch Mid-Atlantic or, you know, we were watching primetime at one point. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm more of an older old school dude but for sure like mike mentioned that's what makes it so fun going back and watching the old stuff it gives you 
a reason to, and you might find that you appreciate stuff like that six man that we like so much. Yeah, I wanted to bring up that uh, Michinoku Pro six man because that was a pleasant surprise, and um, that that is what makes it fun. You see stuff like that, and then you end up rating that the highest match on the card, and you're like, <laughs> oh, like you know, this is a, a hidden gem, I guess. So that was fun, or, but we did get a lot. Everything of... else is pretty, you know, mid. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of good feedback, like I said, though. Ed chimed in. That was the height of his wrestling fandom. And uh, he he was had a lot of love for the Eliminators, which I see that, you know, like going back and watching that, they they had the good look. Like we said, Saturn, I would have pegged him for a future champ. Mm-hmm. But um, and he had a good career. But, uh, you know, he Ed mentioned the Eliminators, Shane Douglas being his guy. And uh, Zern, you, you definitely gave a nice you know, full detailed description, and you rated Michinoku Pro match the highest on the card as well. Mm. Yeah, that match was a good surprise. That was one of the Taka's last matches before he went to the WWF for that mm. light heavyweight tournament. Makes sense. Oh, versus yeah. Scotty, and yeah, they were all uh, working for each other. And so, yeah, it was really good. I forgot that match. I totally didn't remember it. And then when I mm. scored it, I'm like, am I scoring this too high? And then yeah. I watched you guys' stuff. I was like, at least we were all on par with it. Everybody yeah. had it over a five, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rating wise. So, yeah, nothing crazy. Like, it well, it's not like this greatest of all time match. I think it was just a pleasant surprise, you know, where right. we talked about like these thrown together matches are like usually just bullshit, you know. But I thought Joey Styles did a good job, you know, giving us some background on the guys and like getting you sure. interested at least. And then obviously, like, the talent involved were. I mean, above average talent. Mike's in yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Patrick will definitely talk more about AEW because he had kind of fantasy booked all in and all out. <clears throat> and uh, the Wembley show. And so John Patrick chiming in with the uh, AEW stuff. But he asked us the question about Bret Hart's comments regarding John Moxley and kind of because it related to ECW ECW was the hardcore, the birth of hardcore quote unquote. And Bret Hart mentioned how John Moxley's like a channel changer that he's mm. his, his style of wrestling with the bleeding for no reason. is just like, he literally changes the channel. He doesn't want to watch it. That's just a little clip. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. the full context. Cause Bret had a very, yeah. Bret had a very long clip, uh, a com- mm. comment, I should say, quote, where he talked all about the scope of wrestling guys standing outside the ring, waiting to, you know, get jumped on and just how spots take long to formulate the stuff. We always talk about here, Brett kind of echoed it. And um, so I'm obviously on this night where we're going to honor Canadian wrestlers, not going to bad mouth Brett Hart, but <laughs> I did want to ask you guys, cause Brett has given a lot of love for Abdul, the butcher, like we talked about in the text. So <clears throat> What do you think about Brett saying Moxley is uh, overdoing it with the blood and he's a channel changer? Well, watching that full interview, like you said, it was just a clickbait type of uh, headline there. It wasn't the whole interview wasn't about that. He was just given the landscape of wrestling today. And he's absolutely mm-hmm. right. And he wasn't bad math and Mox as a whole. It was just maybe that's not for him at this point. Maybe he's doing it too much in, in this day of wrestling. And he, you're right. He did give I mean, him and Abdullah. And stay in Pete and stuff like that. But um, I feel like he, I don't know. 
I feel like he wanted to go even harder on Moxley a little bit with the hardcore wrestling, but at the same time, he should have gave him a little bit of respect a little bit too more in that interview. He didn't give him the respect that he deserves being the champion that he was. Right. This is what Moxley wants champion. to do right now. He's earned it, right? He's done everything that company wanted to do for him that, that they, they have asked of him. This is what he wants to do for the sixth month, 12 month, 18th month run in this current thing. And they might switch things up again and go back to another genre. So I, f- I feel like everybody's got to go back to the interview and actually listen to it and not read the, the little, like everybody does, they read that little headline and automatically think Brett's being bitter again and, and, yeah. and hating on Moxley. It's not, not what happened at, at all. So. Yeah. Duke, what do you think about that real quick? Do you, cause I did say those other comments and I'm sure you echo some of Brett's sentiments. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, bleeding has a place in wrestling for sure. Like when it means something and if that's what he's saying, then I do agree with him. Like, I don't think John Moxley needs to bleed against, you know, the guy that he's fighting from major league wrestling that they flew in for a night. You know what I mean? Like if it means something, sure. If it's like, you know, him and hangman, you know, they had their big knockdown drag out. Like what was it? Texas death match. Like, sure. Get some color in that, you know, but like, and as far as, I mean, we talk about that all the time, the choreographed type stuff. Um, listen, man, that's wrestling now, bro. Like, that's that's how it is. You know, mm-hmm. like, older fans are always going to want the, the type of stuff that they had in their heyday. It's just like the NBA. It's like the NFL. It's anything that you watch, like. You know, now guys get fouled every play and, you oh, when I watched when I watched the NBA, you know, that wasn't a foul and all that. You know, it's just it's it is what it is, man. Like and Brett is very opinionated. We know that. Um, I mean, it's a style that he's not into. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of fans wrestling's at a pretty good place right now. So there's a lot of fans that do enjoy that stuff. You know, I think that being an old school wrestling fan like i have other i'm friends with old school wrestling fans that just don't even watch it anymore like Mm -hmm. they can't even enjoy i was one of them at one point yeah but like i think that i won't speak for you guys but i think that we can find a few things that we still like you know and we would rather look at the positive than you know shit on everything basically as much as it sounds like we probably do you know shit on stuff a lot that's just our opinion. Yeah, standing yeah. around, I, I completely agree with him. That's I said that all the time. Remember, I went to uh, the AEW pay-per-view when the Young Bucks were just outside. The cameras weren't looking at them, and they were just out there waiting for everything. <laughs> it makes the viewing like brutal to watch to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moxley was doing that back in CZW, though, getting back to him, and then he stopped yeah. doing it, did his WWE thing. Didn't How many times did he bleed in WWE? Right. Barely. Yeah. And this is little. He's he's paying homage to T- Terry Funk right now, doing his thing right now. So just let him, just let him be. I guarantee a year from now he won't be doing it, and he'll be doing something else. Yeah, I think um, not to harp on it. We'll wrap it up on this topic. But with Brett or with Duke, with you saying like you want the old school uh, version of what you had, what you grew up on, I think that is true. But I think when something is so far away from what it really is. You know, like if these NBA players were playing on like roller skates, then we could say, all right, right. it's unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But with a, a wrestling, it does literally, like Brett said, look like dancing now sometimes. Yeah. Ballet. Like it's 
you know, so that's hard to yeah. sometimes accept, right? Like I watched Jay White's no. debut in yeah. AEW last night, and I'm hyped to see him. I don't know him mm-hmm. that well. He's fighting an up and comer commander. It's fine. It was fine, little fun match, but it's so much ballet. Yeah, you know. But I think that's more so commander style than Jay Ooh, White. Sure. That's just Jay White adapting to. I have a lot of respect for Jay White, man. Like absolutely. Like I, I really can't root against that guy. Like seeing him come mm-hmm. up as a young lion and doing what he did, a Grand Slam champion and in New Japan Pro Wrestling, like that's a big deal, man. Like mm-hmm. so, I can't, I just can't cheer against that guy. But I think Commander, you know everything. That's he a lucha does, style, though. Yeah, yeah, and he's walking across the ropes for every single move, mm-hmm. like. That's not Jay White's fault, man. You know, I'm not just, blaming Jay White. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying that match came to mind. We could even talk sure. about Sammy Guevara a guy I like and Jungle Boy a guy I like that main event. Yeah. It's, it was very spotty, very dancey, dancey. For sure. I mean, it's you just, know, it is what it is. It is it's what it is now, man. And if you don't like it, don't watch. I can yeah. still find a few things each show, you know, more so on Dynamite than WWE. I like Cody segment usually, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But um. I mean, you take yeah. what you can get now, I guess. It I just, just don't think, uh, I don't think the Brett, oh, he's old and bitter, let's move on. That, I don't think that's how you should look at it. He is entitled to this opinion. And absolutely, it is It is kind of like hard to debate that it's somewhat unrecognizable to a guy who treated it so legit. And Oh, my God. Like, look at here. Here's Here's the ultimate contrast for two pro wrestlers look at the rock selling the stone cold stunner mm-hmm. and look at bret hart selling the stone cold stunner tell me who takes professional wrestling more serious you know like and these are two second generation guys but rocky was a showman and bret was a fighter you know mm-hmm. a choreographed fighter but a fighter right yep. and you have to say uh that, that's a good point because bret on the way out is what he said in the interview you have to look like you're trying to win a fight, not like mm-hmm. you're trying to perform for an audience. That's two different things. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we can debate all yeah. all night. You know what I mean? And like the thing is, like there's there's shooter type guys that I enjoy, like Claudio and Brian Danielson. But like I enjoy Orange Cassidy, man. So like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a place for stuff, but um. Yeah, some stuff, it's just not for me, that's all. And you got to take what you can get, I guess. Yeah, Will Sasso was on um, CVV this past week, and he was just talking about when him and Brett had a match. Remember, he was on Mad TV? Mm-hmm. And yes. they had a match in WCW, believe it or not. Anyway, after the match was happening, he's like, I'm going to meet you in a bar. He goes, you're not going to come into that bar until half an hour after I get into that bar. He's like, but why? He goes, we just had a match. He goes, you're not going to come walking in that the bar. And he's playing kayfabe back in 1999, even when yeah. everybody knew it was fake. Yeah, he's like Will Sasser said he he completely respected what he you know what he did. You know what I mean? He said mm-hmm. he made me look like a million bucks and I'm a bag of flour. I mean, a, f- a 300 bag pound of flour, whatever <laughs> he called himself. So, but um, yeah, just, even in 1999 or 98, whenever that match happened, he was taking it that seriously. Then, not even talking yeah. about 88, 92, or any of them years. So, absolutely. Well, I mean, when the Rock. I, would... I, no, I was gonna say I take everything too serious. I get accused of that. So. You know, that's just sometimes that's people's DNA. You know, you yeah, might. Yeah, but I think that, you know, y- you have an opinion and you're called like a hater. But it's like, no, maybe 
you need to raise your expectations. Maybe mm. you need to have standards, you know, like maybe, you know, like just accepting mediocre, you know, that's why we're, that's why we're watching what we're watching, you know, like I don't like that if you have an opinion, you're called a hater. And mm. that's why we live in such mediocre times, in my opinion, like, mm -hmm. Shut you like, down, call you a yeah, hater. And That's stuff it. gets, it's also like, I was just talking to my buddy Dave, like um, we were talking about the Dungeon Dragons movie. Just stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. And he was like, oh, how was it? And the other guy was like, oh, it was good. He's like, oh, well, you're saying it's good. Like that doesn't really make me want to say it. I'm like, why? Why can't it just be good? Yeah. <laughs> why does it have to be shit? Or you got to run out and see this greatest masterpiece. Dude, sometimes I just want good. Sometimes I just want fun. You know what I mean? So, like, things can be good. Things can be shit. And things can be great. Like, mm -hmm, stop absolutely. trying to crown shit. And also stop accepting mediocrity as great. Because what you're right. seeing now isn't great. I'm sorry, but it's not. <laughs> right. It's very, very... um few and far between but we are here to talk about the wrestling up north canada canada's greatest uh canadian wrestling we right off the bat as friends i feel like formed such a bond because we were all three fans of the canadian wrestlers like we just we always vibed and jived with those guys and we always could tell like when a guy was trained in Canada or he was one of Stu's guys or something like that. But um, for this episode, we talked to, we were just trying to figure out which what's a fun topic. We came to the conclusion that talking about some of Canada's greatest would be, we could fill a whole show with that and we're going to be able to do that. And like I said, Canada has such a rich history in professional wrestling, always producing standout wrestlers and talent. And if you really go back and, kind of dig into the stories of some of these families and it's not just the hearts spoiler alert but there are some families that have rich history uh in wrestling canadian families that have rich history in wrestling um for you guys you know right off the bat when i say you know canadian wrestling wrestlers from canada three guys that come to your mind right away go ahead mike who do you got off the top of the head, I would uh, definitely go Jericho, Brett, and Christian. Mm. Nice. Duke, what about you? Three that come to your head right off the top. That's funny because the first three that popped into my mind, two I have the same as you. So Brett Hart, Chris Jericho, and my third is, sorry, but this guy was my favorite wrestler, period. Chris Benoit. Hmm. I am in the same boat, boat, but one is always so synonymous in my mind with Canadian wrestling, probably because he really dripped himself in the gimmick in WCW towards the end of their run. And I always think of Red Hart, Chris Jericho, Lance Storm. That's awesome. And he was, you know, like I said, he was representing Canada in his gear, in his championship reigns. And we're going to talk about Lance Storm. We're definitely going to talk about Brett, Jericho, Christian, all those guys, we're going to get to them, but we wanted to kind of like set the stage for, like I said, some of the history in Canadian wrestling, work our way through some of the eras. We'll obviously jump around a bit, but we did want to talk about 
if nothing else, the wrestling royalty, you know, the family legacy of the hearts and just touch on the fact that Stu Hart, you know, the patriarch of the family, he was a man that carved out that territory stampede, which produced so many icons in wrestling. And we'll probably talk about stampede throughout this show because of all the men and women who were trained there, who you know, kind of put their roots down there. It was like a finishing school sometimes for wrestlers to eventually become main eventers. But um, there was guys like superstar Billy Graham, Fritz Von Erich, Benoit, Edge, Jericho. You go down Christian, uh, obviously Brett and Brian Owen. Pillman. Brian Pillman. But um, all of Bulldogs. Stu's... The Bulldogs. All of Stu's eight sons were wrestlers. Yep. You know? So, um, and obviously, some of them went on to have great success in the WWF. But I bring all that up because... Stu Hart, the patriarch, we knew him, I'll just speak for me, as Brett's dad. Like, he was just Brett's dad in the crowd often, supporting Brett. Do you guys remember when you realized that Stu was like a legend before Brett? You know, he was an icon in Canadian wrestling and... Do you guys know, like, obviously we've, we've learned so much more now, like with tape trading, internet and all that stuff. But if you could talk about just the fact that this all started kind of with Stu Hart. For me, like I didn't rise until much later, honestly, when I started digging in and, you know, watching old stampede stuff, you know, we always knew, like you heard the stories of the dungeon and how he would stretch guys and, you know, everybody, would tell their stories in the old stew voice. You know, I didn't see why there was any reason I couldn't make their eyes pop out. You know, like everybody always had their stories and stuff like that. But my memories of Stu are the same as you, like being Brett's dad. My clear vision of Stu Hart in my mind is him in that Boston Bruins jacket um, in the crowd, like in like the Boston Garden or wherever they were. Um, I don't know. That's like what I think of when I think of Stu and, obviously the guy's a legend and you know he was just before our time so like we didn't see him in like his heyday but i mean stampede wrestling did so much for so many uh wrestlers um especially guys that we grew to love you know i mean the british bulldogs like brett owen i mean bruce hart and brian pillman were a tag team like bad company um Norman the Lunatic, um, Bastion Booger, you know, like Muck and Sing there. Um, Bad News Brown came from Stampede. Uh, there's so many wrestlers went through there. And um, like you mentioned, superstar Billy Graham. And um, I mean, you can't talk about Canadian wrestling without mentioning, of course, the Hart family, but for sure, Stampede wrestling. Yeah. And Chris Jericho uh, wrote in his book, it was a lion's tail. He said that Stampede Wrestling looked like cheap and it was like broadcast out of a livestock field house, but the wrestling was off the charts. Mm -hmm. It was fast, hard hitting, action packed and completely ahead of its time. And it was a melting pot of styles. It was ex exciting to watch. And Jericho wrote that he realized that WWF wasn't the only game in town when he watched Stampede. And um, we're, you know, we're speaking so highly of it. Mike, when uh, you think about Stu, um, 
because like Duke said, the Boston Bruins jersey. I I remember Stu specifically SummerSlam '91, which is the first pay per view I ever watched. He had on a teal collared shirt. It was like bluish mm. teal, and Mister mm-hmm. Perfect was wearing teal. And my dumb little mind, Brett goes and hugs <laughs> his dad, and I'm like, this guy looks like he's more for Mister Perfect because of his outfit. But then you know, Stu and Brett embrace. Uh, do you remember? Stu, the first time trying to like kind of unpack why he's so important. Yeah, I have two memories of Stu. Uh, the first being this is really odd. I think it was his '88. You remember Roy Firestone from ESPN? I don't know if you remember yeah. that. He had an afternoon show, did an interview. So they did a spotlight on Rocky Johnson. He was in a lot of trouble then. He had charged with rape. Oh my! A whole God. bunch of stuff like, um, and he like uh, used to spar with uh, Ali and Foreman. So it was like a spotlight on. Rocky Johnson, but Stu Hart was in that uh, that interview. Um, they they interviewed him about Rocky Johnson, so they must have had some type of encounters back then. That was like huh. a in my head. That's I don't know what the whole interview was about. I just remembered Ali Foreman, the rape allegations, and he had he got blackball from wrestling basically. Um, and uh, I remember that. And then besides that, fast forward, I remember the Jerry Lawler feud. So mm-hmm. that's when Stu and Helen were brought into the storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him before, but that really highlighted both of them. We mm-hmm. knew everything what was going on with the brothers and everything. I think to fully explain everything, that's probably when I first, you know, dug in and, and learned everything about it. Even though we've seen him before that on TV, like yeah. you said, he's just hugging somebody. Um, and I don't remember if I knew who he was or not, but I remember during a lower few when he used to go in commentary and, and not yeah. the Helen and still in there. That was, that was great. Classic. <laughs> he was going story. hard on them. Lawler was going in. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. I remember Stu um, towards the end too, when they did that big eight man uh, or it might've been five on five where he was brought in. Duke helped me out with that. Is that the uh, Calgary oh, Stampede? Yeah. Canadian Stampede. Canadian Stampede. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great memory of Stu. Um, was it? Canadian Stampede is I that think right? Can, can, Canadian Stampede, nineteen ninety seven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's a good one. And um, Jesse the Body wrote to, in Jericho's book. Uh, Jericho quoted Jesse, who was telling Chris Jericho, "Don't let Stu get a hold of you. Watch out for him. He's crazy." Uh, and he heard the tapes from the dungeon where he literally Stu would literally mm-hmm. torture guys, but like the mm-hmm. toughest wrestlers would come out of there. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Wrestlers like Junkyard Dog, Sylvester Ritter, Bad News Brown, Dr. D, David Schultz, Honky Tonk Man. We can go down the list. Um, so Honky we Tonk wanted. Man was there too? Yep. Yep. Honky yeah, Tonk Man, the, the Grappler, Len Denton. So, you know, that was just like a little history lesson for me, for us, for everyone listening, just to kind of at least pay our respects to Stu, the patriarch of the Hart family, because. Without him, I don't think we get a lot of the greats that we've come to just love. And that style even, um, which Dynamite Kid perfected and many have emulated uh, and still do. But yeah, yeah, imagine if he, to... was a soft, if he was a soft teacher, none of that would happen, right? Yep. If he was a soft father, a soft teacher, none of that would happen. Imagine that with the 80s and 90s would look like the landscape of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to talk about I'm going to throw three names your guys way that I don't before we get into sort of like the decades, the eras, but three guys that I don't cons- consider, quote unquote, Canadian. When you think of these wrestlers, you don't say I know, you're surprised. To, 
You're surprised yeah. to find they're Canadian. Um, why? Who's your number one? You tell me. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, sir. Yep. The great Scott. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really compute when you at, think at all. Right. But that's that's how it works. Rowdy Roddy Piper yep. in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Yep. That's where he's from. And Piper admittedly moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, but he, he was born there. So he is a Canadian yeah. all time. Great. There's rumors. And I think it was confirmed sort of that he's a sort of a distant cousin to Bret Hart. I don't, mm. I don't know if uh, you guys heard that one, but Piper, you, well, you know, Piper was... aren't all Canadians related. <laughs> it's like all cats are female and all Canadians are related. That is true. All cats are female in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you guys know, I mean, we know that all three of us hold Piper up here, like pretty much towards the tippity top of our fandom. Um, and you don't think of him as a Canadian heel or baby face. You think of him as the hot rod from, you know, with the kilt and all that stuff. This one wasn't found out by me until much later in life that he was like, you know, kind of a Canadian legend, mm-hmm. but uh, I wanted to mention him and obviously we have to kind of take a moment just to talk about him as far as his, you know, I guess his uh, integration with Canadian wrestling, because he did help Bret Hart a lot out in that intercontinental title match at WrestleMania eight, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. Mike, this one was, uh, you know, a family, sort of a family affair they built it as, or it was, you know, you felt like it was, at least I did when I was a kid, you feel like Piper did Bret a solid there. And helped him get that next and that's level. the first time I found out that they were, you know, there was some type of connection there just from the interviews and the backstage interviews. Um, hey, I definitely think he did a solid. When's the last time he did a, a job on TV like that? Well, come to find out, yeah. we found a few of them, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to expose them. We're not going to talk about them. Getting but, um... pinned clean by Mr. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was lost like, tapes. what the fuck? Is this all a lie? Like... Yeah. The lost tapes. <laughs> But yeah. what he did for him there was absolutely that's that's a hundred percent he did it for sure. Yeah, Duke. Um, you were a Hulkamaniac, but you obviously you you liked Piper or like so, at an early age, or were you later? So when I started watching, Piper was a good guy. Okay, like, I I didn't start five. watching WrestleMania five, right? No, WrestleMania, I think or, or live three. WrestleMania, I probably started watching three. Oh, nice. So that was so, against Adonis, Adrian Adonis, right? Yeah, so like he was a good guy by then. Um, Fair. But I mean, yeah, I didn't really get to see, besides in retrospect, his stuff, you know, as a heel, which I think Piper's great either way. Like I know a lot of people say he's a great heel, but I love him as a babyface. I actually prefer him as a baby face, which is weird. But when we were talking about doing this, like I knew that we would get to Piper and talk about like how it's such a weird thing. Cause like you definitely don't, his style isn't Canadian. His dialect is not Canadian. Like there's really nothing Canadian about him. So like, it's interesting. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking like, when I think of Roddy Piper, like I think of the Pacific Northwest, like same Portland. Yeah. So like, I don't know why I think that, like, I don't know where he lived most of his life, but I was Nova Scotia, of, right? 
that's right above Washington. Isn't that where Nova Scotia was at? Oh, is, is that, that where he lived? I think so. I believe okay. I could be wrong with that, but that's not that far away. Yeah, I just always associated him with like Portland for some reason. But um, yeah, I mean, he was born in Canada, so he's absolutely yeah. a, a Canadian wrestling great. Yeah, we had to uh, mention him, and we will eventually do a nice spotlight on Piper. Um, we'll go into depth about his career. I mean, anyone who's somehow not familiar with just the greatness that was, you know, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, good guy or bad guy, you know, the scrapper that he was, the host of Piper's Pit. If you want to watch uh, an originator, if you want to watch somebody whose legacy still lives on because of the influence, you just got to tune in on Wednesday nights and watch MJF. You can watch, <laughs> um, I mean, really, right? You know, you, but you guys can probably well, name 10 more guys. I mean, MJF, it depends what week it is, who he's <laughs> Fair. Did you guys but... ever watch uh, the movie Body Slam? He was in in 1987 with uh, the other wrestlers. Like yeah, Tama. Is Stan uh... yeah. um, Hansen in that? No, he was in, Stan Hansen was in. Oh, um, he's in No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. Yeah. This was with uh, Face from A-Team. Yes, Dark Benedict. Yes. Dark Benedict. Uh, yep. And um, Tama Tonga was in it and uh, Piper. I just said uh, it was one of the movies I used to watch in a loop as a kid for some yeah. reason. I don't, yeah. It was like a West Coast video rental, like every week it seemed like that. And um, they live. Oh yeah, uh, well, they live. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was the shit, man. Yeah, some people only know Piper from They Live. That's like great. a cult, like classic, man. They live. Yeah. Absolutely. To this day, I think if you go to them, uh, the uh, not Russell Cons, but the horror cons, whatever, they still celebrate yeah. that movie to yep. this day. So. Yep. Well, horror fans are, they're probably the best fans of any fandom. I mean, you know, wrestling fans are, I think, very polarizing. Like, it's kind of like 50-50. There's de definitely toxic um, fans in this fandom. But, like, horror fans, like, they are so loyal. They spend so much money, like, They'll watch like the shittiest low budget horror movies and like support them. Like they are mm -hmm. great fans. So shout out to any horror fans listening. Yeah. Yeah. And um to wrap it up on Piper, like we said, we'll we'll eventually do a, a whole spotlight show. But yep, we had to mention him from Saskatoon. And uh, you know, I just think it's it's amazing that, like I said, his influence still lives on because he wasn't the best worker. We're going to talk about workers in the ring. What technical? Let's just talk about technical workers. He's not usually one that people put up there, but um, yeah. But uh, his he's influenced in so many other ways, especially his his uh, you know, Piper Spit in, in general started so many other shows, talk there, shows, and so much. Before we move on with Piper, I just have to say this, like. There aren't a lot of wrestlers that you can say are one of a kind. I truly believe he is one of a kind. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so unique. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think Macho Man is also very unique. But, like, you Come know, he, he got he got his, you know, some of his um fashion from, like, superstar Billy Graham, you could say. But, like, Piper is just, like, one of a kind, man. Like, if there's anything... I can say that would describe him. It would be that. I think that's perfect. Yeah. One of one Piper yep. for sure. And he is some, you know, Hey, different uh, strokes for different folks. Sure. As they say, some people don't really jive with Piper. They don't yep. get it. And mm -hmm. all I could say is you're wrong. 
but we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about Piper eventually one day. I had two more real quick ones um, because they are from yesteryear, but I do think that we should talk about them. And um, one is another one who's had some influence. And I've noticed um, Gunther has a lot of this guy's tendencies after doing some, you know, good research this week, but killer Kowalski is Canadian, mm. Polish Canadian, but he was born in in Canada. And another one, I wouldn't think of this guy as like a Canadian legend, this like intimidating big man, six, seven, big man, but uh, from Quebec city. And uh, you know, I wanted to talk about killer Kowalski who's way ahead of our time. You know, we're talking from 1947 to the 70s. He wrestled, but before our time, you can certainly find stuff on him. Um, he had worked with Big John Studd, managed by Lou Albano. There was stuff with Giant Baba and New Japan, believe it or not. Made the rounds, Bruno. Um, but Killer Kowalski's one. And then the other one, you guys will have more, you know, probably to talk about than I will even. But Ivan Koloff, the Russian bear, is... A Canadian gentleman <laughs> from Canadian Ontario. Bear. Yeah. Um, but he actually wrestled his early years in Toronto as Red McNulty. Hey. Like that. And uh, Ivan Koloff. Mike, you were saying that you know Ivan Koloff from what? Just from the, uh, the what was it, 85, 86 era of uh, NWA. I got oh, them tapes you. a couple years later. Um, so I didn't watch that stuff live, but. I started watching when I was about seven years old. So I think I was two years behind when him and uh, Nikita were doing their thing. And then uh, Darso came on board, too. Um, that's my memories of him. I have no memories of him in the 70s. It's funny, though, Mike, because you, like me, when you think of Ivan Koloff, you think of him as like an old man, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he Absolutely. was Uncle Ivan when we started watching, yeah. you know? like, But he was like this badass, you know... He and you look at him back then, like he was like a put, you know, just like a bulky dude, mm -hmm. like kind of menacing looking. But like, once again, just he was before our time. And by the time we saw him, he was like an older guy and, you know, kind of helping Nikita and Crusher Absolutely. Khrushchev, aka Barry Darso, like you mentioned. So, um, and and Killer Kowalski, I mean, a big, if anything, a big contribution as far as our fandom is, you know, are some of the guys that he trained, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, one of our, at one time, Triple H was a big, uh, a big favorite of ours, you know, um, Absolutely. I don't know about you, Mike, but John and I, for sure, like, we're big Triple H fans. So like, even after his career was over, his in-ring career, like, you know, we mentioned Perry Saturn earlier, he trained Perry Saturn, you know, like, mm -hmm. so these guys not only their contributions like as performers but even after that like you know opening up wrestling schools and training guys that i mean look man without killer kowalski there's no triple h where would wwe true. be right now you know like this is true that's a, guys that's, a, big that's, a that's a good point yeah. uh wrestlers trained by kowalski that you would be blown away by obviously you guys know china because that ties in with mm -hmm. triple h um you mentioned perry saturn but how about Damian Sandow? He had a nice mm -hmm. little cup of coffee. Frankie Kazarian, still working. Wow. Tommaso Ciampa, hmm. which says a lot about his, you know, um, Triple H's love for Ciampa. Yeah, that's his last uh, student, actually. Oh, nice. Okay. I think mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was one of his last students, if not the last student he had. 
uh, Matt Bloom, who maybe his job security in NXT is because of his. Oh yeah. You know Kowalski love, and the other one, this one blew my mind. Kofi Kingston. Huh? Really? Yeah. That trained wow. under Killer Kowalski. That must uh, be where they got the pancake idea. Jesus. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Um, getting back to Ivan Koloff really quick. I love that you call him Uncle Ivan, and he was an old man by the time we were tuning in. Yeah. I don't put anyone on blast. I'm about to hit 40 this year. You guys, you're right around me. Ivan Koloff in 1985 was 42 years old. Yeah, well, he didn't but look like it. It's just weird, right? Like, Well, he, back he... then, too. I mean, dude, you watch that old NWA wrestling. Like, I don't know how often you guys watch it, but that is something that I will go back and watch mm-hmm. just like random. But, man, every single guy, their forehead – forget destroyed. it it's destroyed. it's ground beef dude like it's disgusting <laughs> so like you know, was Ivan one of them was all, for sure. yeah he was all scarred up all the time so no wonder you know and mm-hmm. i mean i do want to i think 40s the new 30 now too like we just look younger now i think um yeah Luke, were you a fan of the russians beings, i think you know oh god no you mean like back then mike yeah no jesus no are you, are you serious bro <laughs> i was i'm sorry the good <laughs> Mike was. He liked Barry Darso and, right from the beginning. No, not Darso, just the no. original two. Yeah, no. When yeah. Nikita turned good, yeah, but come on, brother. I was a I was a this was the eighties, man. Emerson Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, man. I don't know. We were we were uh <laughs> Team USA all the way. I also, also wasn't a Hulkamaniac either, so was yeah, on the wrong well, side of the track. <laughs> hey man, yeah, look, we factor. This guy's a defector. I guess he was cheering Spot. for slaughter too in that feud, huh? <laughs> yeah, were you cheering for slaughter, you goon? Well, probably right Jeez, louise um we can't talk about ivan call off really quick without mentioning the fact that he ended bruno san martino's 2000 someday reign mm, sure and we did. did cover that in uh one of our very early episodes which was uh unexpected title wins you can go back yes listen to that one and check that one out that was a fun mm-hmm. one that was fun and we talked about how they actually thought bruno thought he had gone deaf because yep. of the like silence the eerie silence mm-hmm. when ivan Koloff ended that run of bruno who of all the guys to yep. do it you know it was ivan and that's a, a notch on hey he was the og transitional champion maybe because that ended up going right over to pedro i think um but yeah it's uh you know ivan call does not jump out as me when i think canadian wrestlers but i wanted to <laughs> right. mention well him. you know a guy i called the russian bear i think you could yeah see, fair enough <laughs> right <see> why. <laughs> Fair enough, right? Um, and, you know, I want to talk about while we're kind of going down the old school, you know, memory lane here, a guy that we're all more familiar with, if anything, for all of the stuff that he's done outside the ring. But we got to talk about a legendary Canadian, Pat Patterson, who obviously as a wrestler, we can retroactively go back. I know that the stuff with Sergeant Slaughter you seek that out, the street fight, Madison Square Garden, match of the year by Wrestling Observer, by the way, 1981, rightfully so. It holds up today. Um, sure does. Is that, I mean, that's kind of the match that jumps out of my brain if we're going to talk about Pat oh, yeah. Patterson matches, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then they we have the, you know, I mean, he's the first Intercontinental Champion in the, the Rio de Janeiro tournament, air quotes. We, we both got them <laughs> the- up. The fake tournament that they did. 
that's like finding out some, you know, Santa Claus isn't real stuff yeah, too as well. Isn't that crazy? Because they were supposeded to hanging off the, the rafters. How about uh, <laughs> the original Piper's Pit, La Branche de Pat? Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's uh, what, what, what year would that be? I think like he did it in 83, but he only did it on the French TV. But I came to find, I mean, on the YouTube things I've seen on them on YouTube, but he would, uh, anybody who's feuding with, he would do them in half French Canadian and half English. So they're pretty mm. good. They're pretty, you can come back and watch them now to this day and understand <laughs> what he's saying. So it's pretty good. I think, I don't know if it was before Piper Spit. It might've been before Piper Spit, actually. When did that start? 84? 84. Yeah, yep. I think this was 83. Yeah, it would have, it would have had to be because he was yeah. basically a commentator by then, wasn't he? 86, he, he was. became he started... a commentator. Oh, okay. I, I believe, yeah. Yeah, he moonlighted as a ref here and there. He did it all. Eventually was a booker. He was a, uh, I guess you would call him a right-hand man. I mean, there's there's no right label for the guy because he's recognized for all of his success as like the creator of the Royal Rumble. That's already been, you know, established that he's the brainchild behind that. But um, it was interesting to find like that he had this like little WWF run as a wrestler, but he actually wrestled in Florida, AWA and New Japan briefly. So like he's one of them guys that made his rounds, you know, there's um there's a little documentary on him on Peacock. Yeah. Um, if you if you guys are interested, I enjoyed it. Um, and you'll find out like some cool stuff. Um, you know, like I mentioned about Killer Kowalski, Pat Patterson definitely like before our time. By the time we saw him as an in-ring performer, he was being you know paraded around as a stooge. And don't even get me started on that because the disrespect. I know like whatever they were on tv and stuff and ratings that's great, and they were getting paid but like man that really bothered me man like the treatment of him and jerry briscoe but anyway um pat patterson's just his comp his contributions to the business after getting out of it um and like you mentioned becoming vince's right hand man they would literally they had a book and they would write for the year what they were going to do for the year. There's an actual book that they wrote down month to month, what they were going to do and like what their big plans were for WrestleMania and what have you. And like you mentioned, the creator of the Royal Rumble, creative genius. You, you talk about like just having an impact on so many wrestlers like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, like the rock, like, They'll all talk so fondly about Pat Patterson and, you know, there's been some allegations about him and stuff like that. Like, we don't know. We don't, we only know what we know. And like, mm -hmm. I think for me as a wrestling fan, I try to separate what I see in pro wrestling from the human being, because I don't know what happened or I don't have all the information and stuff like that. But for me, Pat Patterson, for sure, an icon, like, all respect to Pat Patterson from me. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, um, yeah, Duke touched on the fact that you get these wrestlers, any of those WWE documentaries, if they start to, like, dissect their match, like a Sean and a Jarrett or Sean and a Razor or, yeah, usually Sean. But um, Pat Patterson really did uh add in like the little details he sprinkled in the details and it's it's interesting to know like 
that that guy who it's always like in the NBA, some of the greatest coaches were bench players or eighth men. Pat Patterson, not the most successful wrestler, but who would have thought he'd be this important in like the, the main event guy's careers like Shawn Michaels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did have a good, I mean, especially in the tag team division, he had a good successful career, not maybe not in WWE, but like you said, throughout the whole entire, especially in the San Francisco area, um, Cal Palace, how many times did he wrestle in there? And uh, the tag team, uh, who's his tag team partner? Uh, Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. I mean, they had a great success like that, but I know what you're saying. He wasn't a heavyweight champion or anything like mm -hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, to this, to the very last moment he was here. I mean, he had, he had, he was backstage, as you've seen in that documentary at the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. That was his first Royal Rumble in, I don't know, a couple of years because he was sick and he was backstage there and he, he was loving life. He still had some input on guys being there. So um, one of my memories I have of him is pretty funny is uh, when they, I think it was when they joined the, the IC belt and the heavyweight belt together. And then they brought back the IC belt to a tournament. No, they had a battle royal. And Booker mm. T won the Battle Royal. Pat Patterson was there. Christian got eliminated. The referee was knocked out, and he took the belt off of Pat Patterson, hit him with it, and hit Booker T with it. And then Christian won the Battle Royal with that mm. and became the oh. new uh, IC champion. This is probably 2003-ish, I guess. Um, they brought yeah, it, it back. Before. Like, it was gone for a while. It was it was out, right? Right. right. This has had to be, I guess, before WrestleMania 20, I guess. I'm, I'm 03 sure. sounds right. 02 or yeah. 03 sounds right. Yeah, but um, that's not, just a memory actually, of that's a good memory. Yeah, it's just a good memory, that. just because of Christian. That's all all Christian right there related, but it all brings mm. it back. You know, Christians, if you haven't seen that, go YouTube. It's it's funny. <laughs> Him <laughs> doing what he was doing. But uh that's, that's one of crowd? my memories. Did the crowd go banana? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, you know, another one from I guess you could say, you know, the old school that we had to mention. And there are a few more that I'll throw in at the end as far as you know, some of the guys that are uh I guess the pioneers of Canadian wrestling, but I do want to move into the eighties, which like we were at least more uh, aware of these guys. We got to see some of them, their tail end, maybe some of them just highlights, but we do have enough, I guess you could say content to really talk about them more. Um, and one of them that I do want to mention is another one, I guess, you know, you don't, he doesn't come to mind right away, but the Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, a proud Canadian, uh, born in Southern Ontario. And obviously I know him from, you know, teaming with Tony Atlas, Mr. USA. That's the stuff that I'll go back and see. And um, obviously the tie-ins with The Rock. He's he's the father of one of the greatest of all time. But yeah, Rocky Johnson won a can of his own. Crazy. Yeah, I touched on earlier about that documentary I seen. That's why I originally mm. talked about that because that's what brought me because he was Canadian. I would never have known he was Canadian. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But yep. that's how I found out he was Canadian back in 87, which was really odd. And he had that uh wrestling career like uh as of Tony Atlas too. Atlas had one of them things he was homeless. So ESPN would spotlight these guys and like mm. they're low down. I guess trying to make wrestling look bad almost, you know, and this is where mm -hmm. they're at right now. But um yeah, that was my first memory of uh, Rocky, and one of my only. That WrestleMania 13 when he, after The Rock beat the Sultan, aka Rikishi, <laughs> and um, Rocky Johnson came out. And uh, did Atlas come out after that too? Yeah, Atlas yes, was in the crowd yes, too, and he, he popped up too. So the yeah. uh, Soul the Patrol, Soul Patrol had a their the reunion at WrestleMania 13. <laughs> 
yeah, the reunion. Dude, uh, Rocky Johnson actually had NWA title matches, chances against guys like Terry Funk, Harley Race. Mm. He wore he you know he had a whole brawl with uh, Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis before he ever went to WWF. But um, what do you think about what Rocky? Did you? I guess because you don't think of the Rock as like you know from a Canadian no. background. No, certainly but not. Technically, his father was Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're talking about Canadian wrestlers, and obviously we're not going to be able to cover everybody either before everybody gets on us in the comments and stuff. So we're not going to remember everybody. We're going to do our best to mention guys, and we're obviously going to focus more on ones that you know were more popular or maybe mean more to us. So apologies in advance. You can bless us in the comments. Um mm -hmm. As far as Rocky Johnson goes, yeah, I didn't even know literally he was Canadian until you just said that right now. So my mind's kind of blown. Mm -hmm. um, I was never a big Rocky Johnson fan. The only thing I know of him is like Mike, like you mentioned, the Soul Patrol. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. That I mean, you know, is... and you know, and no mercy. He's usually I know and no mercy run, run, yeah. running shit. But, you know, he's <laughs> very and, uh, unbeatable and no mercy. <laughs> Him and uh, Ivan Putsky. Ivan Putsky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. But I want to talk about, um, you know, other, like you said, some guys that were near and dear to our hearts. This this team in the 80s was, um, I would say, heels, you know, at first, at least when I was sort of uh, introduced to them, I guess you could say, they kind of, Somehow had a couple double turns, babyface heel. But this is a family. Like I said, it's not just the hearts, but this family, the Rougeau family. Mm. We got Ray Rougeau and Jacques Rougeau, the Rougeau brothers. Um, their father was a wrestler hailing from Canada. So this Montreal-based wrestling family had a lot of success before WWF. And then once Vince gets his hands on you, he gives you these funny gimmicks. I did want to mention the Rougeau brothers because uh, – I mean, they had success like they were the dream team demolition. They actually had success against some of these teams and they were pushed, but they were pushed from my memory as heels with the with the theme song, the All-American Boys theme song. So I was going to I was going to ask you. So you're telling me that that's all a lie. It was facetious. Yeah, I think they were being wow. kind of kind well, of. Uh, there's another one that just threw me for a loop. Sorry, because they had this whole song about being all American boys. And now I'm finding out they're Canadian. So Mike. Go ahead, because I don't really. They were even billed as uh, soon to relocate to Memphis, Tennessee, coming out. Yeah, but that's why I thought they were like. It's kind of good a stuff. They fooled you. Um, what do you guys remember about the Rougeaus and and the fact that you know because they do actually pop in my mind, especially Ray Rougeau. I'm sorry, especially Jacques Rougeau. Rougeau, when I think of Canadian wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I mean, how but, can you not when you're you know the Mountie like right you know right um. I mean, Jacques Rougeau, like, I don't know, man. Like, I I think maybe, like, Hall of Famer for me. Like, that dude was, like you mentioned, the Rougeaus, um, very underrated, like, technically sound team, doing, like, pretty cool stuff ahead of their time. And mm -hmm. then, obviously, you know, Jacques goes on to become the Mountie. Uh, he forms the Quebecers with another Canadian wrestler. Um, and then they go on to WCW. They're the amazing French Canadians, which 
you know, they didn't have much success there. They were more of like enhancement talent. But I mean, Jacques Rougeau, like what a great heel, man. And like, I remember just being a kid and like loathing this guy. And now watching like in retrospect, he was having so much fun, man, like at the fans expense, you know, and it's just I appreciate him so much more now, like as an adult. Um, So, yeah, for sure. Glad you mentioned those guys. Yeah, He's also and... the trainer of your favorite current wrestler. My yeah. favorite current wrestler? Yeah. Cody Kevin, Rhodes? Kevin Owens. Oh, good grief. <laughs> well, hey, man, don't spoil the uh, end. We were going to save KO for the end as far as the Ooh. best Canadian wrestlers for the last. But that is right. Are He's we going to – real quick, are we just – are we going to talk about a Canadian wrestler that can eat the most Snickers? Hmm. Because why don't we so, just talk? We'll definitely save him for the end. I think though, with Jacques, really quick, and mm-hmm. Mike, you can probably, um, you know, back me up on this. Like his style, I guess, was toned down when he was the Mountie. He was wearing like the ridiculous outfit and whatnot, mm-hmm. but he could, he could work in 1992, oh, yeah. ranked number 40 PWI 500. That's equivalent to a guy now, like. I don't know, throw a good wrestler out there in 2023. Number 40 is pretty good spot to be in. So, like, at one point, he was considered a top 50 wrestler in the whole entire world um, just for his ability alone. Do you remember how good he was, Jacques? Yeah, I mean, that's another foreign tag team that I really liked. Like, my favorite version of them was the (laughs) Quebecers, actually. Um, (laughs) Him and, yeah, uh, Yeah. Um, versus the Rougeos. The Rougeos, I did not like in the 80s, good and bad. Bad, I thought they were funny. Mm-hmm. I have memories of them, like the Survivor Series and stuff like that. But as far as anything besides that, now the Mountie, he did a great job because I hated him too, like at yep. that point. But when he came to the Quebecers with him and PCO, but I, I love, I like them guys a lot. They yeah. were, they were good. Versus and again, Steiners. like Carl Vallette, yeah. man, like another dude, like so athletic. Like you remember, like because he was like a bigger guy and he would do like that cannonball thing, cannonball. like their finisher. Like it was definitely. You know, because, like, I didn't like them, but I'm like, damn, like, these guys are pretty cool, you know, because they were fighting, like, the Steiners, of course, you know, right to cheer for the Steiners. But you could be like, damn, they're kind of, like, cool. They do some cool stuff, you know. That's how I felt about them. I was obviously rooting for the Steiners, but it's not like they were fighting the Bushwhackers. I'm like, oh, gosh. Right, sure. I was like, I like both these teams, even though I want the Steiners to win. They were really, really good. That's funny. We were all in the same place at, at that same time in 1993. You know, I I remember watching Raw and like being impressed by their moves. And Mm -hmm. that was like a very early memory, like watching the Quebecers and being impressed by moves and cheering for them when I'm not supposed to, you know, as a kid, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years old watching, you know, the Quebecers cheering for them. But yeah, they were um, definitely cool. Carl Olette, like you mentioned, deserves some love. And uh, the Mountie, you know, quick about like Jacques Rougeau, like, you know, there there used to be three titles in the WWF. Mm-hmm. It was the tag team, the Intercontinental, and the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And he won two of those. So, like, it's pretty good, man. Like, at peak times, too. Like, you know, so... And, I, and who did he defeat for the Intercontinental title? 1992. All right. Uh, Put you on the spot was, there, but... Who did... No, I know this. He beat... This guy oh, was he... a little sick they said later on he had a fever look so, at your shirt uh, yeah look at your shirt yeah, he did he beat brett yeah he did and then piper beat okay, him okay yeah 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 and then yep. piper beat okay. him okay 
Right. I guess I didn't thing. want to believe that. <laughs> I <laughs> guess happened, I like. Brother. Did he shock him? It was a shocking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a shocking victory. Yeah. yeah. And shocking. then I I do remember him shocking Piper, and Piper had on like the wetsuit or something. Remember he had like the. Yes. He tried to yeah, shock under him. Yeah. Shirt or something. Yeah. It said shockproof or wow, something. Wow. What like a that. fake ass Bret Hart fan I am. Or well, am you don't I want to remember Bret the bad Hart things. Fan? Yeah, exactly. I think I literally like blacked that out from my mind. I respect that. But yeah, but to your point, Mounty, two out of the three major titles. And, yeah. you know, he did rub elbows with Hogan here and there. Like some of those survive. I think it was a great career. I'm with you on the uh, Hall of Fame. I believe he's worthy. I believe mm-hmm. Jacques Rougeau is absolutely worthy. Who knows if it will ever happen. But um, yeah, I want to just point out, Brett put a lot of, uh, gave a lot of love to Carlo Lett in his book. And um, he really put over just how much he loved working with him and his style. Because I know a lot of people hate that Jean-Pierre Lafitte, Bret Hart feud that, you know, happened. It was kind of over a silly thing, him stealing mm. Bret Hart's jacket. But Bret puts over Carlo Lett. And look at PCO now. It's weird, the transformation, you know. But, yeah, um, but you know what? Like, he's still going and he found something, you know, that worked for him. And... I mean, who that's insane, like to think that, you know, think where you were in 93, like what you're watching and like that guy is still in wrestling now. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. It is. It's one of the weirdest things in 2023 in wrestling. Um, I want to move on really quick to another guy in the 80s. This guy, one of the longest reigning AWA champions of all time. From 89 to 94, wrestled against some of the biggest top tier superstars in the WWF. He was a model. He was Rick Martel. You guys know I'm a super fan. I think you guys are with me for the most part on my love for Martel and probably more so because you saw him pre-model and got more of his good stuff, I guess, as a, a worker. But what are your guys' thoughts on Rick Martel? I don't think anybody loves Rick Martel as much as you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Mike. Prove me wrong, uh-huh. Mike. Go ahead. Oh, there he is. He's right there. Right on the cover um, of the magazine. Cover of the magazine. No, yeah. My first memories of uh, Martel were actually, my neighbor had them AWA tapes. So my mm. first match that I watched was him probably in 88. He was already in a WWF, but it was him versus Stan Anson. And that's who mm. uh, beat uh martel for that belt it was on one of them best of tapes that awa put out mm-hmm. so i've seen that match quite a few times because because i used to ball art off him so i i got that and i went back obviously in the years and seen his awa stuff which i love and then um k aim connection was the first memories i had of him in the wwf for sure mm-hmm. and with tom zinc zinc left and then uh he went with tito strike force yep and they had their match with the brain busters which was you know was not as good as i wanted it to be obviously they broke up after that, but uh, yeah, that's my first memories of him though. Going to with the uh, K Man connection, WWF, and him fighting Stan Hansen in the AWA. Yeah, Martel, uh, a stint in Stampede, and also another wrestling family, Canadian wrestling family. His brother was a wrestler, uh, which I found interesting. But Duke, you know, I'm a model Rick Martel fan. So, what do you think? Um, as far as his legacy, Rick Martel's legacy, Canadian legend, Canadian wrestling legend, you could say. Um, 
So you were doing the right thing and cheering the heels, I guess, right? You did not like Rick Martel at the time. So let's see. Rick Martel, when I started watching, he, he was probably my first exposure to him was probably the Can-Am connection as well. Mm -hmm. And then like Mike, like you said, Zinc split. And then they did the strike force thing was not a fan of strike force at all. Was so happy when the brain busters beat them. Wow. That's um, funny. Oh yeah, for sure. I was, cause they were remembered. Like I knew them before they got there as the four horsemen. So um, yeah, super excited when they, when they lost. And then, when Martel went bad, that's when I thought he was cool. Um, but I actually missed all that AWA stuff. Um, I I didn't have access to it at that time. I remember like reading in magazines, I feel like that Rick Martel, like in PWI, they would have like all the top 10 rankings from like um, all the different territories. And I remember like reading his name and stuff like that, like guys like Rick Martel, Stan Hansen, Colonel De Beers, but I never saw them. Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh but you know in retrospect looking back um one of you guys just sent a clip this week on our little group text of uh martell and flair and then Backlund showed up was that you mm -hmm. mike that sent it to us yeah that's when he fought back bob Backlund if for the AWA yeah, like that was so cool like so mm -hmm. of course like listen man when you're a kid you don't fully appreciate this stuff i think um I think you're drawn to like the good guys or like the superhero, the cartoon stuff. But as you get older and you go back and become a student of the game, like, you know, you appreciate stuff so much more. And then Rick Martel, for sure, like as the model, I enjoyed him. Um, he was obviously a great athlete. He would do cartwheels like mm -hmm. he was entertaining. And then even after that, like he went to WCW and he uh, came in and um you know won the tv title there like and had a little run and matches with booker t unfortunately ended up blowing his knee out and you know that was the end but for mm. sure much love to rick martell for sure um not one yeah. of my favorites of all time but absolutely enjoy his stuff um especially in retrospect going back and looking you know as a student of of the game in real time were they uh were you WrestleMania four, which is one of our favorite WrestleManias. Mm -hmm. Were you rooting for them or demolition? Yeah, demolition. Demolition. Sure. I was so happy. Yeah. That was one of my favorite matches of WrestleMania mm -hmm. four is when they was when they beat Strike Force. Yeah. Now I was a Strike Force fan, but Demolition definitely topped them for sure. Yeah, and it's funny because like when Demolition first came in, I, I was like, look at these dorks, like fake ass road warriors. But mm -hmm. I ended up loving Demolition. Yeah, they were and, so cool in that in that, yeah, in that range. Like, um another Hall of Fame tag team. What's interesting about Rick Martel is the timeline like of his career. The length is so, so bizarre because, you know, when I'm watching him in 1991 or two as the model, he had already had this like long run, not just the AWA stuff, which we mentioned, you know, fighting guys like Flair and, you know, Nick Bockwinkle and stuff like that. But he debuted in the WWF originally in 1980 and teamed with Tony Gurria. You know, they mm -hmm. became oh, yeah, tag right. champions. Completely forgot about that. It's yep. crazy. Like he had a whole yep. other run, you know? Um, but I do want to talk about, like you said, my fandom of the model, mm. Rick Martel. I think it was the colors as a kid. You're <laughs> obsessed with the, you know, the aesthetics grab you, the colors, the bright colors, the neon. 
and he really was um one of the first heels i can remember before razor ramon that i was like oh he's cool like he was a cool mm. heel mm-hmm. at least to me i don't know why, well, you know why i thought that, i mean but... like you mentioned the bright colors and stuff that was the 90s man and like remember all like the windbreakers and like the oakley stuff you know so like i can oh, yeah. totally see why you would be drawn to that you know yeah that's cool that's like your first heel that you know that you like that i think that's cool like rick flair yeah, him, was, you know flair was yours oh yeah for sure yeah and sean you know sean michaels little you know the heartbreak kid was was early on in there as well with me but um yeah the martell thing really quick uh, to wrap it up with him i just think being involved in any you know with jake the snake is 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 uh I don't know how to say it. I just think if you could say you worked with Jake on a high profile stage and do like business with him and that have a feud, it's just um, you're lucky to do that. And Rick Martel was lucky to do that. And they really put a lot into that feud with the with the blinding oh of Jake, with awesome. the arrogance, you know, we're going as far as to wear the contact lens, Jake, to, to make it look yep. like his eyes all messed up and then to fight in the blindfold match, WrestleMania 7, to have the crowd in the palm of your hands to not Insane. touch the psychology can they do that now you think can it can we get away with that now i think that we can definitely i won't say we because i'm not part of any wrestling federation but <laughs> i think that they can definitely retrain fans like mm-hmm. you know if, if you don't work six thousand miles an hour then they won't expect you to you know what i'm saying like Yes. I don't know. That match, it's funny because I remember like really not appreciating that match in the moment. Mm-hmm. And like looking back, like you said, like they don't touch and that crowd is at a fever pitch, man. Like it's insane. And like you mentioned about that storyline, I remember like Jake was blinded and he had like the sunglasses on and he falls down and then the glasses come off and he's like, look at my eye. Remember, and he had like the contact. Yeah, like it was so cool. Like just storytelling like that, man. Like that. Just give me some more of that. (laughs) Yeah, at its finest. uh, Mike, so shout out Dustin. He was all about the model Rick Martel, too, and would tell me about him right before. Because I started watching SummerSlam 91. Model was already kind of around. But um, he was team model. Were you watching WrestleMania 7 around then? And would you have been cheering for Jake in that feud? Or were you would have been? kind of for the heel. Yeah, I was definitely watching WrestleMania. WrestleMania 4 is my first one. So, 7. No, I was definitely going for Jake, even though I was a model fan because, like I said, dating back to when he broke up with Tito, I was happy. And he went with Slick after that. And him and Tito had a feud. Um, He's not really known to being with Slick. I don't know if you guys even remember being at – if they had their circuit of Wait. matches with that. It was, like, really small. And then he became the model right after that. Um, Then he fought, like, Coco Beware. And he had Tatanka later on. And uh, WrestleMania one. eight scalping yeah. tickets exactly yes yeah. <laughs> scalping so, tickets. But WrestleMania seven that was remember when uh, Bray they were they announced that Bray Wyatt match versus uh, L A Knight it was they they announced it as that match and they said it could be a blindfold match just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the there was black. an outrage on it I'm like I think that would be cool <laughs> like I was down with that for sure um, that's funny that's but, a good uh, way to look at it. I enjoy that match. I would I would watch it right now. That's uh, I still to this day like that match, and I was rooting mm-hmm. for Jake all day long because Jake's one of my favorites. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, is too. I was thinking like I don't think I ever rooted against Jake. Like mm-hmm. 
I think I rooted against Jake Taker. when he fought. Nah, Jake, man. Jake over Taker at eight. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, mm. I think the only time I rooted against Jake is when he fought Sting. Oh, Macho Man. Sorry, I forgot about that. You were team. I yeah, was, every, you had to be cheering for Macho yeah, unless you, you were sadistic, be, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sadistic kid. But um, yeah, I want to close it out on uh, Rick Martel and just say, um, in a shoot interview, RF video. Rick Martell mentioned that him and Don Callis, who's very topical right now, they were set to become the supermodels in 1997. Um, And Vince, it was a paid dispute. Vince pulled the plug on it. That's when Rick Martell went to WCW, as you mentioned, Duke. But Don Mm. Callis and Rick Martell almost had a run as the supermodels in 1997. That's when uh, Callis went with the the foreign group that Brett, uh, what, what was her name? Truth Commission. Truth, right? Truth Commission. The Truth Commission. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that just from the shoot interviews from back then. I remember Cal saying it back then. And you don't know what's true in them shoot interviews. And Rick, Rick Martell, who's always a stand up guy, everybody loves the guy. He sh- should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's not, but. Exactly. Last no, time Cal, Cal's like, confirmed that, though. Cal's yeah. confirmed that, that story. So, For um, sure. yeah. It's wild. But uh, also, I don't know if you guys, you know, if you think of you know, the eighties as a time when, um, I don't know. I, I feel like they didn't, they did use their nationalities as gimmicks. And like, you know, if you were a foreigner, but Canada was never obviously like an enemy of America. Um, but like, eventually we would get, remember, um, the un-Americans with like Christian and stuff like that. You know, we, they would say like, can't, you know, this foreign group, this Canadian Group, you know, and even the Heart Foundation was anti-American. America sucks. I can I can remember, remember one time when uh, Canada, I guess it would have been 1990, with Frenchie Martin and Dino Bravo and the Canadian Earthquake. Bro, perfect those... timing because I was going to ask you about Dino Bravo and Earthquake. So yeah, and Frenchie Martin, Frenchie Martin's another guy you don't think of as a wrestler, but he was a big mm. wrestler in the set. Not a big wrestler, more of an enhancement guy, but he was around for a long time. Became a manager, but I guess around 89, 90, him and Bravo. They had some heat, and then the Canadian earthquake came in and exactly. fought with Hogan. So that's uh, that would probably be the only time like, that I can remember the heat, other than the the mid nineties to late nineties. Well, you're with, good at this because that's where I was going with it. Is how and those guys, Bravo and Earthquake, <laughs> Canadian Earthquake, used Canada as sort of like a backdrop for their their heelish stuff. You had Dino mm-hmm. Bravo, the bench pressing, uh, you know, the stunt with um, was that so Royal Rumble? I guess it was. Yeah, Roy Rumble, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Oh, that was, was... awesome. Mm-hmm. When he was spotting him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He was spotting him. And, you know, yeah. Earthquake, obviously, you know, we could take, you know, quite a bit of time to talk about John Tenta because he was so, so mm-hmm. good for his size. Here's a guy I just despised as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, truth be told, I only look at him back on him now fondly. Like, it's just out of pure respect and i do respect his ability but um were you guys like you know was there any were you guys fans of earthquake even when the natural disasters turned face or anything were you earthquake fans i was never an earthquake fan until probably later on until i right i guess when brett started talking good about him exactly right <laughs> and i'm like okay let me go rewatch it and watch it from different glasses and um mm-hmm. then i'm like god oh, well this wasn't bad this wasn't bad and then watching this stuff outside of wrestling over in japan and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah like you know i'm a mark for that, that stuff so i was like oh this is this guy's cool and so but live time real time no absolutely not yeah no, i mean John we Tenta. talked about that 
we talk about that all the time. I mentioned it earlier. Like you just, you you don't gravitate towards, you know, he came in and crushed Hulk Hogan. Like, you know, what's there to cheer, you know, unless you're Mike and you hate America, (laughs) but, um, you know, like earthquake though, you look back now and you're like, Oh my God, like, look at the stuff this guy did. Like, right. Dude, he was throwing drop kicks. Like a man that size, look how fast he moves Mm -hmm. like a man of his size, you know, like for sure. It's unfathomable his size and it it uh, is the way he moves. Like it, it really is like, and obviously like, you know, were you a fan? No. Did you, did you like when he squished Damien? Of course not, bro. I cried sadistic freaks here, you know, like, but yeah, like looking (laughs) back, you know, you're like, damn, like he was really good. And I know Mike's definitely a fan of the the shark in WCW. <laughs> His favorite well, version. I thought think he was what, more... 20, 27 years old when he deb- debuted. Or 28. Wow. When he was squishing Hogan, he was 20. Look, 53. Old. Yeah. Right. I'm like 20 years older. Than him. And that so brown, likes... and that brown, um, like polo shirt. Yeah, the brown singlet. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, Percy uh, debuted a brown polo shirt. Oh, yeah. Right. So you were, Mike, you were a fan of the shark gimmick overall. I know John was a big fan of Golga. I was, yeah. so. oh, I was going there. That. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I didn't sure. even know that was him, bro. Like, even well, in the yeah, age of the internet. growth on his head. Remember, he had the deal. He had the yeah. uh, big ball the, the, on his head. The big, yeah, but John Tenta, for sure, uh, you know, the former sumo wrestler, which was surprising to sh- like find that that was legit, remember? Because he had... Yeah. Uh, a sumo fight against Yoko, right? Yokozuna, yeah. Yeah, but it was like legit because yep. you know, yeah. Earthquake was really a sumo wrestler. Yeah, More I More so than uh, Yoko was. <laughs> I would definitely, for those listening, like check out his stuff in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. I actually just came across that recently. Very cool, man. He teams with Giant Baba. Just mm-hmm. some cool, interesting matchups there. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I want to shift really quick, uh, if you guys don't mind. And I want to talk about, this is going to be Ed's favorite portion of the show, some of the great female Canadian wrestlers that have, uh, you know, well, I, I think they've left their mark. He's definitely a fan of Trish the Dish. Well, that's where we're starting, because Trish the Dish, I don't think she was supposed to achieve the level of success she had in WWF, mm-hmm. or, because she was manager uh i mean fitness supermodel right but then grew into we would we would literally get together on a raw and just let be like oh she's gotten better oh she's gotten mm-hmm. better oh she's yeah. gotten really good we saw yeah. the progression you guys remember yeah. that for sure man like like you mentioned she probably wasn't supposed to be you know anything more than eye candy or a manager you know and like to her credit like because there were a lot of other females that were brought in as that and just stayed as that. Mm-hmm. And Trish worked hard and, you know, owned her craft and yeah. became, you know, for that time, certainly like one of the best female wrestlers of all time, you know, and also had some really interesting, captivating storylines, you know. And here we are in 2023 and she's back now, like, you know, probably not for a long run, but, you know, good for her. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. definitely an overachiever and definitely deserves respect. 
Do yeah. you guys remember her debut? Was it with TNA? With, yeah, but remember, remember we used to make oh, fun of that all the time. The way, yeah, remember she used to say that all the time. It's T. I have T, and, and now I have A. Okay. Yeah, it was right. so bad. Yes. But so her bad. progression from that, you said it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, she, there was the athleticism, and and I guess that stuff was there as being like a fitness girl. But she had charisma, which you can't teach, and she learned, like you said, to hone the craft. Had a little bit of a mat game, had the athleticism she put in there. Had that great feud with Lita. Did stuff with Molly Holly, Jazz, Jacqueline. I mean, all the way up to Gail well, Kim. And... You can't, you can't forget the Mickey James feud. That's the one. To me, that's, that, the that's the best feud. Yeah, like such cool, like just good, like character work, you know? Yeah, and I guess you could say revolutionary because before her. For sure. Right? I think Trish Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Because like, here's the debate. Um, Trish is back right now, and it's cool to see that. But um, if we, we usually sit here and we'll say, Charlotte, hands down, go. We mm -hmm. usually, without hesitation... And I'm probably, you know, I'm going to probably feel that way. But, you know, it's Trish, there's an argument there for Trish as far as the greatest well, women's wrestling. I just think that I think revolutionary and greatest of all time are just two different things. Trish, seven-time seven women's champion, Trish. For sure. But, like, do you think she's as good as Charlotte? I'll just ask you that. No. Okay. So that was a, that was a pretty. Easy I'm trying debate, to create some it? suspense here. Well, bro. no, I just think that you know, absolutely revolutionary, absolutely. Her, her <clears throat> excuse me, her Lita Victoria, who belongs in the Hall of Fame, Molly mm -hmm. Holly, like these women revolutionized women's professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, like. Ron panties matches, man. Like that's what they were doing. And like yeah. Trish, to her credit, like worked her ass off and became her and Lita main event at a Raw. Like mm -hmm. that's a big deal, man. Like back then, that's a big deal. Women main eventing now, sure. It, like it happens, but like Trish walked so or I'm sorry, crawled so all these girls could walk now. And like mm -hmm. revolutionary, absolutely. I wouldn't call her the greatest of all time, but for sure, greatest women's Canadian pro wrestler of all time. I think that's mm. fair since we're talking about Canadian wrestlers. Well, I would challenge you that maybe Natalia, Natty Nightheart, deserves mm. some love as far as one of the. Now, look, she never found that. She never, let's say, got over to use mm -hmm. that term, right? Would you guys agree that she never absolutely kind of got over? She's had so much success. She's a constant. She's yep. a, but um, never had the, like the, the, the pinnacle, I guess that Trish. And had. actually it breaks my heart for Natty. Actually, Me too. she never like got, cause she's awesome. And she definitely, you know, deserves respect for sure. Um, But yeah, I just, Trish was an attraction, you know, Natty's never been that. Yeah, Zern, Natty trained by Bruce and Ross Hart, which we mentioned earlier. So she's you know, part of that. <laughs> Should have she called Uncle Brett. Should have called Uncle Brett. Brett was clearly, well, daughter of Jim the Anvil, man. I mean, he couldn't teach her a few things. The big rhino. 
teach her uh, how to throw a uh no i think natty (laughs) was honestly better than trish in the ring um i think she was always more polished as a wrestler and before charlotte came along i would have probably been making the the case that natty's the uncrowned goat Mm -hmm. but she never Mm -hmm. got to that level but uh mike what do you think about natty as her career man it's been probably 12 years now maybe 13 maybe even 14 it's going it's going closer to 15 yeah it's it's been a long time from when her tyson and um davy boy smith jr debuted in that nxt so it's it's gotta be yeah almost 15 years and my main memory of her is her versus uh charlotte on that nxt pay-per-view i remember we watched it your place so good when flair that that's what she did good she was missing I want to call it charisma. She was missing something, that little piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she thinks that she was better than she – she knows she should have had it, but she just didn't mm-hmm. have what Charlotte has, right? And yeah. She wanted it so bad. She'll do yep. – she never had kids. She never did any – she was mm. putting all that stuff onto mm-hmm. the side burner to do this, and I feel bad for her because yep. look at this now. I mean, I mean, she's had how many titles? Would you say five or six? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think she's had five. I don't think she's has she really? Yeah. Wow. Between SmackDown and Raw. Um yeah. hmm. it's it's like I that. Say, so she's had yeah. her just do with that stuff. She's a Hall of Famer, yeah. but she just never could get to that. She's like a a B minus, you know, type of yeah. player. I mean, she's not yeah. that A plus player. But she's yeah, definitely better than Becky Lynch, and she's definitely better than she's definitely better than Trish as far as in the ring and Lita yeah. in the ring for sure. Yeah. But doesn't well, have that it factor. Yep. Yeah. That's Two times. Two times. So I'm an idiot. But Divas Ooh. champion and nah, nah. SmackDown yeah, Women's it, champion. I didn't think it was a That's lot. It. It's not yeah. five times. She had the she women's won. tag team title. Yeah, she with, won the tag with Tamina, right? With Tamina, yes. Yeah. But oh, um, okay. but she only had tw- two times world's yeah. women's champion, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah. and I don't think you can use the like the bloodline so to speak as an excuse like sometimes that shadow is too hard to come by but look what charlotte did right Mm -hmm. i mean that's the biggest shadow ever in rick and look she's almost as good as him as in terms of the women's division so natty i hope maybe you said it mike like she never had that one thing it could have just been that she thought the heart name was it and enough and like never developed maybe another I don't agree with that because Neither like that's that's implying that she didn't work hard and like she no I, I just hard. mean like for a gimmick like I don't know yeah. um I guess yeah, Flair's using the just, same gimmick though right Charlotte yeah just, I mean just didn't resonate it, with the fans as much you right? can't like Natty trained hard obviously right like she's she's always good in the ring she's technically sound what you can't teach is it you know and like. It's a mm. shame. Like we just said, we all feel bad for her. Like we wish that, you know, but sure. One of the greatest women, one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. Still, I think yes, that's, that's fair to I'm say. Saying. And for sure, probably the second Canadian, maybe. We'll get to it in a after second. Trish. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but we're saying we feel bad for her. But you also said, look, 15 year run, hell of a run still with the company still. I just. I feel bad that she never got to that. Like I'm with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like she I'm never totally got to be like the, the person, you know, like she's never. And like, it's kind of crazy that like 
someone like Becky Lynch has been, you know, right. like exactly. It just bro. blows my mind. But well, if you ask her, if you ask my, you know, five or ten favorite women's wrestlers of all time, she would be on my favorites list somewhere. Mm-hmm. I do. Lo- I love Natty and her work. Like I said, I think she's a great technician. What I were think you say, also, and then I'll let you talk, Mike. Um, I think that I for sure give her more love because of her last name. 100%. You know, like if I'm being fair, I like Probably. Natty, yeah, but like she's to me, like she's part of the Hart family. Like, so mm-hmm. you're automatically going to get Jesus, man. I still cheer for, you know, Davy Boy Smith Jr., mm-hmm. wherever he's at. So we still look for Brian Pillman Jr. to break through. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What were we going to yeah, say? I think Mike? Um, Natty's, uh, I think her biggest downfall is being too technically sounds. So, like she was there and she had to watch the Bella twins come past her, be more famous than her, even like the summer rays. And with summer ray come in, you got to work with Maddie, all everybody on that diva show yeah. she had to come in. She's like, no, this is my time. No, you yeah. don't work. What, what we, the network wants, you don't, you don't have the look. Maybe you're mm-hmm. too, your look just doesn't, it's not what we're looking for. We're looking for yeah. the, the, the Bella twins and everybody else that was on that show. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely ridiculous. And she had to sit there and put them over, wrestle with them put them over in the ring, put them over on a show. And I feel that's why I really feel bad for her. She had to take it. And she, she came to work the next day with a smile on her face every single Mm -hmm. freaking day, man, for 15 years. So it's the unappreciated worker that I know she feels and she never made a big stink about it. She didn't leave the company, go somewhere else. She, she has that contract. Tyson's still with them as a producer. They got their life together, but it's not what she wanted at the end of the day. She Mm -hmm. probably trade 10 years of them, 15 years, for what two years of what Flair had or, or what Becky, Becky Lynch, had. right? Or what I mean, Trish, even Trish had. like look at like Bianca. Mm-hmm. You know, Bianca like, deserves Bianca's, it yeah. No, no, I'm not saying yeah. she doesn't, but I'm just saying like Bianca's been around for like a couple years, and you could mm-hmm. say she's probably a bigger star than Natty's ever been. Oh, hands no down. Becky, you know, Becky was. I mean, uh, Bianca was just on a Kevin Hart show called His Balls. That's a national yeah. show. The Natty would never be on that show. The Bell yeah. Twins were on that show. Natty's Natty was just on Family no. Feud. Fun there you fact. go. There you go. <laughs> that's that's uh, where they book her for. It's like putting going overseas. You got to go promote the show in Korea. Hey, she's yeah. Twins... And like, I don't mean that real quick. I love Bianca. I don't yeah. mean that as a slight to her. I'm just saying she'd probably like to your point. Yeah. Trade that ten years for two years that Absolutely. Bianca's had. You know, sure. like. Sure. the main event like a wrestlemania and stuff like that so yeah but still i it's... mean once again you don't have to be like the greatest you know she's had a good career for sure hall of fame for sure awesome canadian professional wrestler yeah i think you said it best zern because you said she was like the utility woman that was there to get the other pretty face model types over yep natty was there to do the work to make others look good and that's Mm -hmm. you know a good spot to be in but unfortunately you're forgotten sometimes you know but natty uh yeah he's she's a favorite of ours um this other woman i want to mention really quick which is a female from canada from canada uh the daughter canadian (laughs) <laughs> yeah the daughter the daughter of canadian legend mad dog Bashan. ah yeah. yes so we have to talk about luna born in montreal so she is a canadian legend 
Hall, Hall of Famer Luna Vachon, which um, I don't know, man. This post post, I guess they this was just recently she went in, right? And was it there was no fanfare that Luna went in because I could hardly remember her being in. Yeah, the I don't even remember that. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. You have any? Uh, six, I think it was about six years ago. If I have to put a time frame on it, um, and, and one of her, I think one of her uncle, uh, relatives came up there and got. Uh, Gangrel wasn't there. No, he wasn't. No, there. One he of the, was not. One of the um, even though they're still, yeah, I think one of her relatives that are still alive accepted. I can't remember either, but I think mm-hmm. it was probably about five, six years ago. Well, yeah. we're we're kind of creating fiction by saying that anybody inducted her because she did go in, but it was in that legacy wing where they just throw your name up there with like mm. six other people and just lump you into a crowd. So unfortunately for Luna, she didn't get like the honor of going in and having someone like yeah. Gangrel accept on her behalf. But I See, did want to mention is, Luna. Yeah. Like th- this is where, you know, they wait too long with this stuff, you know, like. Yeah. Macho man should have been in, you know what I mean? Like he should have been there to enjoy it. Like they just wait so long. That's why I want them to get Luger in there, sit in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these guys are for sure. Hall of famers. I'll debate anybody about it. Put it in the comments. No question. I'll debate you all night long. Um, and yeah, Luna too. Like, come on, man. You gotta give her some love, dude. You know? Luna, uh, so she counted Andre the Giant as a godfather, legit godfather. That was her godfather. Wow. And Gangrel, obviously her former husband. We mentioned that. But um, yeah, the Vashan family, another rich, rich family in ca- Canadian wrestling history. I almost did it again. <laughs> um but the it's thing like I know, I Frank... couldn't say that one word that that day. I forget what yeah. word it was. Yes, but Frank and you were um... calling real quick. You were calling Cody Kingston. Why and a... Kofi Rhodes? Come on, brother. It's true. Canada. I couldn't speak Canada. <laughs> so Frank, a big fan of Luna Bashan. He's not here. He's out on assignment. But I want to mention Luna, and I did want to mention Luna, and at least bring up – I mean, she had runs in WWF, obviously, WCW, ECW. Um, always had that, that look that was, you know, I guess you could say um, she stood out from the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. always stood out from the crowd. Another one who, you know, I remember her with Bam Bam as a running mate, his main squeeze, Luna, yeah. when I was yeah. young. And um, she clearly was someone that you were meant to, you know, be scared of. Like you would jump back. Mm-hmm. There's this crazy. I thought the tats were real on her head. I didn't know what was going on. But Luna, I felt bad watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode on her because she, you talk about Natty wanting to get the, the ultimate prize. Luna, like, was literally suicidal because of the fact mm-hmm. that she couldn't get just the admiration and the uh i guess you can call it the affirmation of vince mcmahon like he she wanted the pat on the back so bad from vince specifically and he was just not giving it you know but um real quick zern you got any thoughts on luna yeah remember her first her debut with uh in the wwf at the time uh at wrestlemania 9 taking out sherry that was i didn't Mm -hmm. at the time i didn't know who she was I think was she in the AWA Duke before WWF? She came from somewhere, obviously. I'm so, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think um, it was AWA. I, yeah, time. I didn't see her until <clears throat> excuse me, the WWF. As yeah, well. I'd still never seen anything, you know, pre that either. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember 
remember that her interfering taking sherry out sherry's on the stretcher um that was one of my my main the first memories of her um they're all all good with bam bam i mean she did a good job everything but the oddity stuff that was ridiculous mm, stuff, yeah mm. and um i agree with you with the whole trying to get vince's approval but sable's there and you know what and you know yep. what vince was thinking at the time but she definitely deserved to be a champion for sure i think so yeah Hundred percent. There's no question. I don't even know who else was champion besides Sable at the time. Jacqueline, um, Tori. They're all good. Tori, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're all good, but she definitely. I mean, I would put her right with Sable as being. I mean, yeah, the one that should have had it for sure. Well, well she was there. I mean, she was another one to make another person look good. She wasn't there yeah, to be exactly. And like, I don't. I'm certainly not trying to like disrespect Luna by any means, but like. No way was she was she on Sable's level as no. far as like, I mean, star dude, power. People, people came to see Sable. Like, yeah. you know? it was Steve Austin, Sable, The Rock. Those were the draws. And that's, yeah, like think about that. That's, that's legit. That's, that's she crazy. might be number two or one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, um, you know, Vince liked what he liked. Man, he liked hot blondes. You know, and unfortunately, right. like. It's too bad, man, because like she's another one that worked really hard. And, um, you know, she she was so unique. Um, mm -hmm. well, she was another one yeah. that was uh, in Stampede. We saw, we talked about that at the top. So she had a very okay. long run. You asked about AWA, Mike, but she was actually in Florida Championship Wrestling. Soft okay. spoken. There's some footage of that on that dark side of the ring unrecognizable oh, pretty yeah pretty hot doesn't, pretty like pretty girl yeah, doesn't uh kevin sullivan shave her head is that what yes. happens absolutely yeah. yeah i've seen that okay it's all coming yeah i remember all that yeah. stuff Dale. it's all yep. coming back to me yeah yeah and and she was a totally different type of girl she was you know pretty young girl and she took mm -hmm. on a edgier like punk look and it was it was her trademark and much respect to luna you know we met we mentioned mad dog Vashon as well in there but mm -hmm. um I wanted to talk about some um, some of our favorites before we move into, uh, I guess we'll call it the like the Mount Rushmore or like the pinnacle of Canadian wrestling. I want to talk about a couple of our favorites that, you know, I know that we share these names as favorites. And we have talked about this one guy a few times on this show, Vampiro, Thunder Bay, Ontario, <laughs> Canadian wrestling legend. I guess we can call him, although he made his bones in Mexico. So that's uh, where he really put his stamp down. Popular towards the end of WCW, but for whatever reason, resonated with us. Mike, you haven't had the chance. Duke and I and Frank have talked a lot about Vampiro on here, but um, you were on board with Vamp like we were. Obviously, the Muda connection, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, even before, before that, he had the... Uh... I got yeah. I think I don't know if we got it from the 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 uh, cart or some type of Mexican. Uh, what federation was he in down there? Triple A. It wouldn't have been Triple ML ML MLA. Either way, was that something? Either way, I forget what federation he was in. But we got. I I wasn't getting too much of the Mexican stuff down there, but I got one tape and I got crossed with him, and that was right before that was before WCW, and then he came out with a documentary that was a. Uh, one of three documentaries and this was like it was really gritty the way he did this documentary the way it was the way it was it was probably about 45 minutes long but the way he filmed everything this is before he got into wcw 
And then obviously when he's in WCW, everything there, I love aligning with Muda. Mm-hmm. But the Sting whole I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Sting in that reign, except when he was feuding with uh, Van Vampiro mm-hmm. and um going across and then who can forget all the countless shoot interviews and <laughs> out with uh two more documentaries after that as well, too. Like he has three really good documentaries out there that I would definitely recommend anybody watching for sure. I haven't well, seen them in a long time. Yeah, CMLL was uh, okay. most of Muda's oh, okay. work, so that would be where Vampiro's he had that real work. like that. Uh, yeah, did I say Muda? My bad. Yeah, Vampiro's work, but that's where Muda, he would have that. Muda. Of course, is well known for his AWA stuff, John. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the stuff with Conan though is kind of popular, popularized now because it was like a real life beef between Vampiro mm-hmm. and Conan, which I think they've since squashed that, which is good to know. Um, but he had early tours in Japan. He was, according to Vampiro himself, the Mexican Hulk Hogan. If yeah. you buy into it, that's what he believes he was. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue with him. No, absolutely not. And he was also great in Lucha Underground, too. You remember that? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was excellent there. So everything he's been into in the American stage, he he rose to the occasion, in my eyes. So Vampiro had um, a lot of, like, say in the lucha the lucha underground production too like he was responsible for a lot of the way they filmed that and all which was cool it was for sure like cinematic or whatever um but besides all that he was cool as shit duke i know you loved vampiro (laughs) yeah it's it's funny because like um you don't find a lot of vampiro fans you know um but i i think it's i've really I really believe if he would have gotten to that stage of the WWE that, like you said, Mike, he never really struck out. You know, every time he got a chance, like he made something out of it. And I don't know, man, he's just so cool. And like, I just don't think people got him. Even in WCW, I remember him talking himself. They were like, oh, so you drink blood, right? And like, they just didn't understand like what he was trying to do with his character and stuff. And um, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said about mystique for a character. I think maybe that's what um, maybe had us gravitate towards him. But in addition to that, like he did some cool stuff, like he did some cool kicks. He did the, the, uh, the Michinoku driver, AKA the nail in the coffin. Um, I think we all love Vampiro, but I think we can all unanimously, unanimously agree that he's full of shit like with some of the stuff that he says like uh but but i love the dude i'll always watch him whatever interview he does i'll be there i find him on instagram like Mm -hmm. um frank and i true story one new year's eve me and frank watched a vampiro shoot interview while drinking coquito and I was propositioned that night by a young lady and I chose to hang out with Frank and watch a Vampiro shoot interview. And that's real shit. So you're entertainment. Yep. Yeah. So if you don't know who Vampiro is, um, you can definitely find his stuff on Peacock um, in WCW. But you can always go on a YouTube search and uh, check him out, man, because he was really unique. Yeah, Vampiro. I I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead, Mike. I was just uh, one of the shoot interviews. I remember he said he was uh, running from somebody, <laughs> jumped out of a bill. He had a WWE <laughs> contract. 
signed up, but he ended up jumping out of the building or something like that, he right? Broke his back. And he broke his back, and then the contract <laughs> fell through. <laughs> like, now we all know that's freaking false, but it's just pure entertainment. You know what? That's a form of entertainment, right? A shoot interview. You pay oh, your money. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like a, it's a movie, right. basically. You're watching all his documentaries that he did. It's all entertainment, and it's yeah. He's he's awesome. Yep. Yeah, Ian Hodgkinson, Vampiro Canadiense. Um, I do know that the former bodyguard for Millie Vanilli. Sorry, I was going there. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> That's actually been um, confirmed. So there's one thing that he told the truth yeah, about. Yeah, he told the truth about right. That which is interesting. I feel like he's lived a very interesting life. His career is movie worthy, if nothing else. Um, I guess, dude, like you said when you watched him, the mystique, the mysterious mm-hmm. vibe. I remember watching Vampiro on WCW and it was one of those guys I instantly gravitated towards, you know, at 15 years old. I think his just his look was different. Uh, I feel like he quickly went south, believe it or not. The run wasn't as long as our memory might think. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was short. Because they eventually put him with, um, was it the Misfits? ICP. ICP, sorry. Yeah, there was one of... with ICP. He was, yeah, yeah he was kind of all over the place. He was with ICP. Mm-hmm. He was with um, the Misfits. One of the Misfits, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jerry Only. Jerry Only. Um, who was the Deadpool? That was, was that him and Muda? Raven? And... No, I'm making that up. Nah, no. I'm drawing a blank on that name. I don't even remember that name. Do you, you don't remember that name? Yeah, they were called the Deadpool. Deadpool. It was in WCW. Yeah, in WCW. It's probably it was I don't remember. The right. Deadpool. It was like him. Was it ICP and uh wasn't it, it wasn't with the maybe? it wasn't with uh was it the Dark Carnival though? Because that was with ICP. Okay. The Deadpool the might have been something with um Raven in I TNA. swore they called him the Deadpool. Their I'm little group. A, gonna have to look that one up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like the Vampiro. Um. Uh, so Vampiro's one year run to me, for whatever reason, resonated so much to that he's like one of my favorites of all time. Like we talked <laughs> yeah, about, it's and and it's and it's just so crazy because here was a guy that, you know, just passing through, briefly, mm-hmm. made such an impression on us. And it was the look, it was the mystique, it was the mysteriousness, it was the promos which were so unorthodox. He wasn't really a good talker, but he would say things that you didn't expect. And his delivery (laughs) that was funny, but the delivery was very unexpected. And then to get wrapped up with Sting, of all the stuff in WCW towards the end, like that's like my favorite stuff, Sting and Mm -hmm. Vampiro. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not to cut you off, John, but you were right. It's Raven, Shaggy 2 Dope, Vampiro, and Violent J is Deadpool. Oh, wow. And that's a TNA thing? Or is that WCW thing? Uh, no, WCW 1999. It was Raven. Raven, yeah, John was Raven. Huh, wow, I don't even remember. All right, I mm. remember that name though. Yeah, so I remember thinking, damn, that's really cool. Interesting. Um, I want to talk about our another guy. I, I called this little group our real favorites. quick, real yes. quick about Vampira. One more thing. Um, if you want to check him out, you mentioned Lucha Underground, check out him versus Pentagon Jr. Mm-hmm. at the time. Stone Cold Steve Austin himself put this match over like crazy. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. I'm probably more high on it than you are, John Boy, for sure. But check that one out. Vampiro versus, if you're an AEW fan, Pentagon, now known as Pentagon El Zero Mero. Um, mm-hmm. 
then known as Pentagon Jr. Check that out. Pretty cool. If nothing else for Vampiro's cool-ass entrance attire. He did a lot of work with uh, behind the scenes, too, with Puma, which is Ricochet. Yep. Remember how cool Puma was back then, too? Yep. And that, and that Puma, yep. Yep. So he, was, he did a lot of work with him behind the scenes as well. Yep. So. Yeah, Vampiro, uh, one of our favorites. Another one of our favorites, especially me and you, Duke. But um, Andrew Martin, Test, from Whitby, Ontario, trained by Bret Hart and Dory Funk Jr., but um, arrived in WWF 1998 out of the blue. So we see a guy enter into the main event of Raw, walks over the top rope, gets immediately involved in a top angle, which was the corporation. There were a lot of comparisons to one of my all-time favorites, Kevin Nash, right off the bat. That's just another reason why I like this guy, but he's Canadian, trained by Brett. You know, comparisons to Kevin Nash. How can I not love this guy? Then you can find, then you find out he's athletic. He does a one of the better uh, elbow drops in Smacho Man. Then gets wrapped up in another major storyline with Steph, the boss's daughter. So you're thinking this guy is his trending towards greatness. What happened? Sharon? I, I um do I want to say it? Well, well, H -H -H. well let's talk. Oh, okay. I think it's Triple H put a kibosh on that whole thing, man. I really mm. do. I still I, who knows? We're not there, but I think mm. I mean from debuting as what was he a uh the uh road guy for Motley Crue, they announced him as that first mm -hmm. night to being shooting to the moon, man. He was great. I, I he was over mm. that wedding. I mean he was. after that. Then he went with the, what the uh, the union, yeah, so, briefly. Like like come on, yeah, he was in the union. That they start like doing things with him. Then he got into some other good stuff. And I mean, I, I think Triple H, honestly, behind the scenes, there's something going on there, and he he put a kibosh on the whole thing, which you know he has the power to do. So that's just well, my I personal he, opinion. But I thought you were going to talk about like some of his you know demons, personal stuff that he did end up succumbing to. That, you think that early on though his demons didn't come on until later on though no i'm i'm just i'm wondering if that's oh, okay. where you're going with it but you went hhh which i probably is fair but dude that this test was involved with shane mcmahon which is another kind of high profile thing at the time like it just seemed like he went from high profile thing to high profile thing and then before you know it they lost their way with him now i i believe his promos probably couldn't get that together like he wasn't the yeah. best talker he seemed nervous maybe on the mic but there's been guys that have achieved despite that. What do you think happened with Test? Well, I mean, I I don't think it's crazy to think that Triple H put the gabash on somebody's career, you know, like called Dolph Ziggler, you know. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, like he was so over. Like if you watch that match against Shane, like that crowd is insane. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's too bad because – the guy had everything, in my opinion. Like, you mentioned um, how he reminded you of Kevin Nash, like, the size. I mean, he was more athletic than Kevin Nash. This guy would go to the top rope, like you mentioned, fly off, deliver not only an elbow, but, like, a good elbow. Um, I don't think that he had it. I think, you know, hmm. Kevin Nash was and is one of the coolest quote unquote dudes ever. Like he just mm -hmm. had this like 
swagger about him. And I don't think that Test like did. Hmm. I think it's I think he's kind of polarizing, honestly. I think there are a lot of people that loved him, myself included. I always loved Test. Um, I think he worked really hard. He would always do like new moves. He was always debuting new moves and, and like, you know. I think, uh, like you mentioned, I think it's probably the promo thing, and um, he just wasn't. I think he was kind of polarizing. I think there's a lot of people that liked That's him, fair. but I think there's equally enough that were like, "Eh, guys, are stiff." You I know? think he got a little. I think he said it too there briefly. He said, "Uh, I think he's a little uncomfortable on the camera because he got it mm -hmm. so quickly." So if he had a mouthpiece, though, like even when he was with uh Stacy and T uh, Scott Steiner. I'm sorry. I like their their tag team. Yeah, me crazy. I like something. Their tag team. Like like I did like their tag team, and but he didn't have to do all the talking, right? So Stacy was there. I think he was too uncomfortable with the camera, and he's he's a real private guy. Um, behind the scenes, he didn't like all that glitz and glamour, believe it or not, and he just liked to be by himself, like a loner, like a Brock Lesnar type loner. So I think that kind of affected him, and his promo obviously did not come off right. Uh, right. So if he didn't put, give him a mouthpiece, I mean, the guy had guy had talent. There's, well, there's, yeah, I just I think that he wasn't a priority. You know yeah, what I right. mean? Like, I think um, like a lot of these uh, I was just talking. Ed texted me the other day. Um, We were talking about Canadian wrestlers and he was like, oh, man, I think they missed a good opportunity for like a really cool like Team Canada with like Jericho and edge and christian and blah 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 and i'm like it wasn't a priority for them yeah. like they cared about austin rock triple h that's it yeah. you know Even what i the mean americans like, what year was that that was yeah, uh, sure. the, that was that oh, was one. Oh, two. Oh, one. Yeah, oh, one, oh, two. Like, I enjoyed that, and not many people like that too much, but even that. Well, like... you've already established your anti-American uh, with all of your <laughs> your teams. But they you could have like. done much more with them if oh, they were yeah. a priority. You know, they for just sure. weren't. Test was never a priority for them. Like, well, you know how you know how I live in fantasy land, and I thought Cody Rhodes was going to win the world title and bring back Wing Deagle and all that stuff. I'm known to get my hopes up, but I remember when mm -hmm. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon they had that. Or I'm sorry, the wedding. Test and Stephanie McMahon were getting married. Triple H shows up, shows the drive-through wedding, and at the time, Triple H was a main event guy. Like he was about to be world champion, or he was world champion. Can't quite remember. But I swore Test and Triple H were about to do business and be like a main event program for like six months. I just was convinced that Test was the next man up type of thing. And it just never happened. And there was so many versions of Test after that. And even there was one man that I think believed in him towards the end, Paul Heyman. Tried to give him a run in that ECW. Oh, ECW, yeah. I popped when, I, uh, when the, the promo came on when he was coming back. Mm -hmm. I was like so happy with the show. I was I was loving love. I was dude, at, he, he looked I think I was so... at the um it might have been the show we were at live. You went. I, uh, you weren't there. Okay. Was that okay, when Big Show fought Flair or something like that? Yeah, it was show something fought... weird like that. But they showed the promo of him coming back, like not on TV. It was just like to the crowd. And like I, I was like, oh man. I know Kenny was there. It was ah, I Yeah, you man. went to great. that. I remember that specifically. Yeah. It was like yeah. yeah, it was a big show was involved somehow. But yeah. um yeah. test. You know, one of our favorites, he, uh, yeah, he unfortunately is another one gone too soon, but we did want to mention him. I have um, two more on the favorites. Um, 
that one of them is obvious. So we're going to just need a second to talk about this other guy, but um, actually two quick ones. So Val Venus, Lance Storm. I don't want to gloss over them, but Val Venus, Ontario guy, Lance Storm, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> um, these two guys are 90s, I guess you could say. Um, they leaked into the 2000s, but Lance Storm, we talked about him, Duke, last week on our ECW show and how you know he was coming in with that rat tail and didn't quite, like <laughs> you said it, he didn't quite put it all together yet. But he eventually, I believe he eventually did, at least in terms of his in-ring ability. Um, you'd say Storm's one of your like personal favorites, though, right? As far as like Canadian oh, yeah. guys, for sure. Um, he's definitely like he's one of my all-time favorites. I don't know where he would be like on the list, but I definitely, when I think of favorites, I think of like a guy who's like library I would want. Yeah, and like Lance Storm is for sure on there. Um. I think that he did put it all together. I even mentioned this um, last week because I, I said that I liked him more than RBD because um, mm -hmm. they faced off. But uh, I think that in WCW, like he had everything going like with that whole Team Canada thing. And um, once again, he got the WWE and he wasn't a priority. It's just that simple, man. It's like he did. He did have a little run there with the IC sure, title. Sure, like he had a nice what? little opener a with mid, Edge. You know, right, yeah, like opening a mid, to mid, a mid card guy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, Vince likes what he likes, and if you're not a priority, you're a mid card or you're just at the bottom, and that's that. And like Test wasn't a priority, and like neither was Lance Storm. You know, it's just it is what it is, man. Like neither was Natalia. Mm. You know, like you can you can name them all day long. Vince likes what he likes. Um, and it, he certainly wasn't going to let a guy from another company come in and be like a top guy. You know, um, Lance Storm had a good career, but I I do think that he was capable of more for mm. sure. Well, I'm going to ask Mike, because uh, we did talk about Lance Storm last week on our ECW show, Barely Legal 97. And we were having a little discussion because Lance Storm in 2023, Frank and I believed would be one of these guys. The internet says, get that title on him. Like you can achieve now just on your in-ring ability more than you could back then probably because these promo guys back then were just above and beyond. So Mike, do you think if Lance Storm was in AEW right now, he would be a contender or do you think he'd be the same type of guy just coming up short. If he was an AEW, he'd obviously be a contender. Cause I mean, look who's contending for the belt now, not to diminish them, but it's, you know, smaller guys. And he's, he would probably more, I mean, how big was he? Six, yeah. pretty, he pretty bigger than jungle boy and Sammy. Um, so for sure in that company, I would love to see him and Daniel fight him and Mox mm -hmm. fight. I mean, I was a landstorm guy at the biggest moment, team Canada for sure. WWF, I kind of lost steam and I, I lost steam with him a little bit. On Americans, I love that group, all three of them together. Um, mm -hmm. When Regal came, it kind of got a little weird. He he came in at, at the ends. Um, that, that made it a little bit weird. But Lance Storm, yeah, I mean, if he was in AEW today, 2023, I could see him definitely having a, a title match with uh, MJF as a, a, a face. or, or Imagine Omega versus uh, Lance Storm. Omega, oh, for sure, yeah. Hands down, yeah, it'd be great. Or, or, in, or in Japan, like if he was in Japan right now, like mm – -hmm. He could oh, be. Yeah. He could have been that Omega. You don't need to speak over there. I know he was in Japan before, but it's a different. That was a different 
error. Mm-hmm. The Americans weren't they, what they are today there. So yep. um, at the wrong time, like you said last week, I mean, he was in a mm. before his time there. So 15 years too he early. And, he and Brian did face off. If you guys never saw that. In right. Ring of Honor. So yes. if you want to check that out, you can find that out there. Brian Danielson and Lance Storm. And, Lance Storm. and yeah. I agree. I think um, for sure, like in AEW where they – they're still fickle wrestling fans, but I still think that they do respect wrestling more in that company. Um, the fans, I mean, like we saw that with Regal. Look at the reception that Regal got there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like just respect that they gave the respect them. So, that the wrestlers. Yeah, I agree. Um, and well, um, I want to real quick, real quick though, before we move on, I do want to talk about two more awesome Canadians that you left off your list. Oh yeah, I got. On- I- I got one more quick thing on Lance Storm, though, because okay, um, sure. I just wanted to say um, and to Mike, like Lance Storm, um, the way he moved, like the graceful way, you know, it wasn't as you know how hard hitting Benoit was and how mm-hmm. hard hitting some of these guys are. I think of Lance Storm more um, like as a graceful worker and whatnot. I wonder now, you know, if he was in like AEW or something like that, because we said he could be he could contend for the world championship. but do you feel like the fans would because the promos were the knock but duke you even mentioned in wcw he was cutting good promos as the anti-american when he went decked out draped all of his belts you know in canadian maple leafs and was just cutting straight to the point promos like i just think the knock probably uh on his promos is unfair because look at some of these guys in AEW; they're not the best talkers sure you know but um i got off on a tangent there let me um i just wanted to gloss over val venus and then we can get into year two because well no because this is okay it'll be two seconds and it's riding off of lance storm fair fair because i know you guys are such fans of team canada we don't want to leave out two more uh honorary canadians mike's favorite primetime elix skipper and of course your guy mike awesome members of team canada and then my guy hacksaw jim duggan also part Fair of enough. Team Canada. So now we can go on. I got my joke. Well, I, I, I'm glad I did not interrupt that one. <laughs> I was trying to put the kibosh on your joke, man. <laughs> I should I should have let him go. Well, I thought you were going to talk about um, some modern guys. Like when you said Eel Skipper, I was thinking Bobby Roode because he's a guy, you know, that uh, comes from a, the Canadian. But yeah, um, Canada. yeah, but uh, no, I just wanted to mention Val Venus. He was uh, at one point a pretty big part of the Attitude Era and uh, – that's one of those guys I grouped in when you had Edge, Christian, Jericho, Storm, Val Venus. There was this group of Canadians in the late 90s that was like, you, you said Ed mentioned, like, man, you could have put these guys all together and yep. they could have ran shop for five years. Oh, my they God. So great in the ring. Um, I want to talk about this other one of our favorites, and he is my 10th favorite of all time. Probably stay there for now. Christian, Christian Cage. I mean, this guy's another one from, you know, Ontario native, synonymous with Edge, joined at the hip. I talked about him a lot on our favorite wrestlers uh, episode, but I want to let you guys talk about this guy because I think there's the debate that not just a favorite, but if you break it down on accomplishments, longevity, and all the things, he's one of the all-time greats, not just Canadians, but in wrestling. That's not getting carried away. Like, make the list. Anyone out there, top 50, you might have to consider Christian on that list. Hmm. Would you guys agree? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even though Edge got all the accolades, to me, he's hands down better than Edge, more successful than Edge. And I mean, I had him in my top 10 as well. So I think he was <laughs> 10 or 11 on my list. Yeah. What, you were up there. What was no, I'm, I'm making head? a face because as much like Christian, I love him. He's, but I don't know if I'd say he's more successful than Edge. I, I hate to no, say that. No, I'm talking about in my eyes. Yeah. My oh, eyes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely not. No, he's okay. Edge has okay. got everything. That's my whole point. It's gotcha. the whole WWE didn't want to give him this stuff. So yep. they want to give him the little, you know, this little belt, this little belt, and that's it. I mean, he's still going today. And if you tell me I'm, I'm going to an AEW show and I can have maybe six guys wrestle, he's going to be one of them I want to see. You know, mm -hmm. said, he's even in him as a manager, he's captivating. You guys talked about this before. Like, like I want to see him. Everything, I think he's rarely struck out in how many years? Since 1990, late 90s, in my eyes. Yeah. They, on, I can count on one hand the yeah. angles that he struck out and i mean I've, I've loved everything in this maybe it's just me seeing it through my eyes but i mean and whereas edge i can i don't i don't want to watch anything he's done to be honest mm -hmm. with you like and over all these years so um no definitely even the tna well, stuff like you said i was gonna say it's yeah. funny a tna i just something just popped up today on my you know feed or whatever it was mm -hmm. monty brown and christian doing a mm -hmm. uh like face-to-face -face promo and i'm like i don't remember this crap and then i watched i said kept watching it, it was like five minutes later i'm like oh <laughs> christian once again like talking me into a segment or, or a show or a match they were building up a match christian's one of the guys that i can probably count on one hand that i never didn't like you know, mm -hmm. from the time I saw him come in, ruffled shirt, doing this move, the impaler, the unpretty or yeah. whatever, light heavyweight champion all the way till right now. I've never not liked him or didn't, you know, because I've, I've lost touch with some guys over the years. You just like meaning you just like fall out of favor with sure. them. He's not one. I always liked mm -hmm. Christian. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, like, I think there is a case that he is one of the greatest of all time. Like to be able to do something that no one else has done in pro wrestling is like a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he, he's one of, I believe there's two that held every WWE title ever available. Light heavyweight, European, intercontinental, tag team. He won the Hardcore. world heavyweight title but never the WWE title. So hardcore title. I mean, they're yeah, the hardcore title. Um, Jeff Hardy actually has held everyone. Right. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, Christian, right I'm with you, dude. Like I never cheered against him from the moment he debuted. I was like, Oh my God, like this dude's so cool. He comes in and wins a light heavyweight title his first night. Um, longevity, like you mentioned, the guy had a match with Kenny Omega like a year ago or maybe two years ago now. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Like, for me, it was match of the year, hands down. And he beat Kenny Omega. He beat him. So, like, I still feel like he has so much more to give still. And I understand that, like, he wants to, I don't know, help young guys or maybe his body's not what it was, but, man, it sucks because, like, I really feel like he can still go, man. And he's definitely top 20 for me i don't know where he would be exactly but for sure i'm with you guys i think once again we're probably in the minority i'm sure we are in the are... minority bro yeah. i wanted to mention the fact that for years christian spent living his 
life in the shadow of edge but Mm -hmm. we were always waiting for him to sort of jump over edge and maybe they'll they'll see it oh my god they're going to finally recognize how good christian is little did we know the whole time that we're obsessed with you know christian and his ability (laughs) vince mcmahon wanted to put the blue dot over him and you know censor his face because vince concentrated on the guy the the idea that this guy doesn't have a marketable face which is a Mm -hmm. super weird but B, like you're telling me Edge does? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I just didn't understand why we were in the minority because to me, Christian was smooth, just as good, if not better. Maybe he was one or two inches shorter than Edge. Maybe he didn't have 20 pounds more. But I, I like you guys said, he never struck out. And from the time that he started to get opportunities, like you said, Mike, like he, he usually hit home runs every time. Absolutely. I remember – um I don't know if you were there. My memory could be wrong, but I remember him and Goldberg, the feud. Yes. Okay. And I was like, they built him up and then they, they squashed it. Then he got it into a cage a match. But weren't we at the cage match that they had on Raw? Yeah. A random cage match between Goldberg and Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, is my memory wrong on that? Or is that right? No, that's true. That's legit. That's right, right. Yeah. So, but they, the machine didn't get behind him. So they made him out to be a joke. That's mm-hmm. just the bottom line. So. But whenever we do these shows, like, and we talk about, okay, favorite WrestleMania moments or favorite Intercontinental title matches or favorite anything, somehow Christian gets brought up. Like you said, Christian and Chris Jericho, that match at WrestleMania 20. Um, Anyway, we could definitely do a show on Christian one day. We have enough ammunition to do it. And it's, it would be probably one of our favorite shows to do because he is one of our favorite Canadians. Um, I want to move on to guys that will consider synonymous with Canadian wrestling. And um, the first one, as we kind of start to wind it down a bit, but Chris Jericho, you guys ever hear of this guy? He's really um, <laughs> a young up and comer. I saw him last night on dynamite. This young lad already. He doesn't stop, man. Chris Jericho is a constant. He, since I started watching wrestling until right now, it's Jericho finding his way into the right place, the right time. Usually he has good timing. He knows when to get out, knows when to get on the train. I'm not talking shit because I love Jericho. Um, It's just amazing how he's remained pretty much front and center for the better part of 30 years. We could talk all day about Jericho. We probably will one day, but where to begin? What do you think, Duke? I know he's right up there for you yeah i i think of jericho as like um like one of these timeless bands that um like madonna you know like how she started out a certain way and as like time went by she kind of adapts with the times and like she's always stayed relevant for like however long it's been um and that's how i think of jericho um you know he started out you know a certain way like you know a young happy little baby face and then you know in wcw he started doing the the crybaby shit and just overall like every time just adapting and you know doing the bockwinkle impression at one point and um you know going back to the list jericho and the funny jericho and the ocho and the wizard and it's just he's timeless man like and I still enjoy him. Like I know a lot of these 
a lot of these guys like um you're like all right man like it's enough you know like go away and uh i'm not at that point with jericho yet like honestly on dynamite him and adam cole like i was into that shit because it's storytelling you know there was a fumble there was a fumble but like the storytelling is there you know i agree trying to like and like i enjoyed it i was like oh man and like they're gonna i i almost wanted jericho to like strike her like he did with sean's wife that's what i was kind of something more brutal yeah Yeah. not that i'm for hurting women i'm not i don't i'm not a not condoning violence for anybody just fake violence right but um yeah i really enjoyed that and like here we are 30 years later and i'm still into what he's doing so i mean i'm a big jericho guy he was in my top 10 you can go back and hear our top 10s on a previous podcast but Mm-hmm. For sure, one of the all-time Canadian greats. I think you can make a case, man, for an all-time great for Jericho. I would listen oh, to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's won titles all over the place. He's super accomplished. One of the most adaptive, like we said. Zern, I know he's up there for you. And you haven't wavered on your Jericho love, right? He's still up there. I have not. Just like we said about Christian, we never rooted against Christian, right? Um, I never not like Christian in his career. Jericho, one time, that's when he came back. I think it was a December pay-per-view. He was away for a while, and he came back with that short hair, and he's a baby yes. face. And it didn't last too oh, long. When he looked like a waiter? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was brutal. <laughs> or like and, a host or something? And I think that was a total flop, and they knew it. And he turned heel not that long oh, yeah. afterwards, right? Yeah, he turned heel almost immediately. So that was that's the only time in his career that I can remember that I did not – I wasn't with him, you know, for better or for worse. I mean, I liked him – and everything he's he's done um even up to we had this conversation before you said what else does he have left to do i I still think he has a lot i mean he can give a lot to the company just like what he's doing right now with adam cole and i think he still has another four years left in him to do to make have yeah to have some feuds (laughs) to Mm. have like what four feuds a year so you're talking about four times five he's 53 i guess he yeah well i mean he's in good shape yeah. He's in really good shape. I'm not talking about like I mean, every week, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like have like four matches a year, one on each other main pay-per-views. I think he can do it for another three years. Um, I know his creativity can. Like he'll, he'll keep on creating yes, something. Absolutely. We talked about this last time I was on. Everything he does touches, turns to gold. Mm-hmm. Um, with his podcast, his, his music. You might not like his music. I don't like his music, but it's it's he makes money off it. He sells tickets yeah, off it. Successful. His podcast can't argue is with all it. over the place. It's one of a kind. It's Rogan-esque the way he does it. It's not wrestling. It's all over the place from UFOs to everything. So, yeah. um, Well, how about the fact that his uh, theme song got uh, on Cobra Kai, the one guy was singing his yeah. theme song. I mean, that's right pretty remember? big because Cobra Kai is the biggest show going right now. But there he always go. finds his way into the mainstream. I'll give Jericho that. He's never been in my head like an Austin Rock triple h guy yeah we said that he's undertaker a, he's, he's a notch below that but he's still but that doesn't mean for some people he is the goat and i respect that and like duke said you can make the argument if we did it on a pen and a paper we probably reach a stalemate and or once again though it's because he never they never looked at him as that you know what i mean like just because vince never believed in him doesn't mean that that changes what we see you know what i mean like the guy sure at that time he wasn't like it was austin rock triple h angle maybe you know 
But although, um, although I like Jericho more than those guys at that time, sure. it just it wasn't happening. Yeah, and I don't know if like, I ever believed. Since it. then, though, like look at all all he's done. You know, even after that, those guys are retired. He's still winning. WWE titles. He's having feuds with Shawn Michaels. He's having feuds with Mike's favorite Canadian wrestler, Kevin Owens. Um, mm-hmm. He goes to AEW, becomes the first ever AEW champion. He has feuds with all these guys and like they're interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think it's fair to say that he's not in an Austin Rock Triple H category because, like, Maybe when we look back at his body of work, when it's all complete, you might be like, damn, like he actually, you know, I know what you're saying, because he's like not been the guy, but like he was an AEW. Yeah, it's just hard. It's yeah, it's hard. Um, Well, this is all about appreciation. And with Jericho, I'm going to concentrate on the fact that when he debuted, we talked about it in our memorable, memorable debuts episode that literally sent, you know, I had goosebumps. Yep. I was telling my cousin, you know, I'm like, you know, in the early days of the internet, I'm like, I think Jericho's going to debut. He was like, ah, I don't really love him in WCW. I'm like, no, just wait. Cause we could see mm-hmm. it, man. Like oh, you yeah. really see that this dude, I didn't know they would present him as great as they did props mm-hmm. to w- him and WWF, the way that debut went yep. over, but greatest debut of all time. in in my opinion, and all those title wins, the feuds with the rock, Shawn Michaels, like you mentioned, even the Triple H feud, um, it produced a cool last man standing match. You could go down the list. We could talk about Jericho all day, but I want to ask you guys, what's your favorite Jericho match and your favorite version or era of Jericho? Mm. If you if you got put on the spot there, it's a tough one. That's tough. My first match fav- I come, um, you go first. Sorry. No, all you right. go second thing. So <laughs> my favorite version is when he was when he was fighting Triple H as a babyface, but he was like a badass babyface. Like when he oh, beat yeah. him for the title. Remember that? Really? Yeah. That's around yeah, that last man standing time, right? Yeah, that's probably my favorite. I won't say that. I'll say that's when I was the most in on him, probably, because I was like so excited i really thought he was gonna beat triple h and like win the title like because he was one of our guys like he was one of our guys like yeah like you said we saw that he had something dude we would crack up watching him in wcw we would quote him remember saying i'm gonna come by and do a little tap and all that dumb shit that he would say (laughs) like we were we were in from the gate with jericho um and being touted in ecw as the last survivor of the Hart family dungeon, like, uh, okay, sure. Twist my arm. I'll cheer for this guy. Right. Right. And then damn, man, my favorite match. That's tough. I don't even think I can answer that. Honestly, I would have to really, I would have well, to I'll think def- about I'll, def- I'll default to the obvious, but I do really, really love his teacher versus student Shawn Michaels match WrestleMania yeah. 19. It's the obvious that's, answer. When you say that, like that's where my brain goes, and that's probably where it would go. But I would have to, I would want to think a little bit. I think. Yeah, because he had some like amazing forgotten matches. Because yeah. when he was towards not towards the end, I don't even know the eras because he's been around forever. But the stuff with Rey Mysterio. When he was uh, like sort of trying to take Ray's mask in WWE mm-hmm. 20, 
10. I don't even know when this would be, but they had a couple really good bangers that you thought Jericho's getting down towards the end of his career. And here he is delivering another one. I mean, obviously the stuff with Benoit and even Benoit as his teammate, when he was fighting triple H and the two man oh power, trip, awesome. that's one of my favorite versions of Jericho, probably 100%. around that area you're talking about, like yep. just put it all together. But I think my favorite version, WCW Jericho. I just love yeah. How ridiculous he was he was yeah he was hilarious you know uh also so there... he had some good matches then too like um when he was like collecting all the trophies from guys like mm-hmm. i really like him and Hoovy when he when he takes Hoovy's mask i really like that match a lot so it's hard and it yeah. being hard is a good thing because he's had so many i think you know mike you got a favorite version or match it, for version would probably be the Bachwinkle when he was emulating yeah. him i mm-hmm. actually i think that was my favorite version of him the second one would be what duke said that version um when he's fighting triple h i remember when that we we heard the results of that match i think you called us at the we were at, at work, work right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. We were yeah. at work so that would be my second but overall yeah. because that i don't know how long that rain had when the Bachwinkle thing probably about a year right he was like at least that. Dude, also him and Sean had a awesome ladder match they did. during that no time. Mercy. During that time, no, yeah. Yeah. Those years. Yeah. Right. And then my favorite match off the top of my head is just him and Christian at WrestleMania 20. Nice. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying it's his best match. That's my off the top yeah. of my head. And obviously him and Sean's a, a no brainer as well. But yeah, him and versus yeah. Christian for some reason. I don't know. He probably has a hundred matches. Like if you ask him his favorite match, kind of a it's a hard question to uh He'll probably say uh, Kenny Omega, Wrestle Kingdom. Probably. It was probably, no, he would name some match that, you know, wasn't on TV or something. Yeah. Right. Well, all hell, the uh, Ayatollah of rock and roll. That's Chris Jericho. We got so much more we could, you know, talk about with him one day. Um, There's no way we're going to not talk about, you know, his running mate around that time. We were talking about against the two-man power trip, but Chris Benoit, not always the most pleasant subject to talk about, but born in Montreal, you know, later in Edmonton, that's where they, you know, he was hailed from and traveled the world, Japan, Canada, the States, captured titles, WCW, WWE, the resume Benoit had, it's undeniable. And when you put all these st- other stuff aside and you try to make that list of the GOATs, top 50 or whatever you're gonna start to see this guy your main event of wrestlemania you win the title you win a royal rumble especially in your at least in wwe uh, he's kind of did it all intercontinental tag teams u.s title worked with high and low guys mid-card upper level guys um got great matches out of the rock when the rock was trying to keep up with guys like him and jericho and angle but um and then he's talking about stuff with Chris Benoit on angle, but I'll give you guys the chance to talk about him because I know like for sure Benoit was always up there for all of us, but you guys always kind of crowned him. Well, I crowned him the goat Duke. You'll probably bring that up. <laughs> no, but I as, it's been documented, but you're, you're, you, he, he was, he was right up there for you guys as a, as a fave. Good. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Duke. No, go ahead. Yeah. He's another one that, I don't think I've ever rooted against mm-hmm. um, like sure. If he fought Jericho, who was I rooting against? But like, I was, that's like, like I was in 
like glued to the TV on a match like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. he was in my top five before. I mean, I took him out before, obviously, for that reason. But uh, I can separate the two. But to this day, I can still watch all of his matches and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, he's probably yeah. honestly overall my all time. If I had to be honest with you, I probably he'd be in my top five of all time. Like mm-hmm. that's just and talk about Canadians right there with behind Brett. I mean, yeah. Um, but him, Christian, and Jericho are the three that I don't think I've ever ever rooted against even the wcw um i can't mm-hmm. see, speak about ecw too much I, I don't remember that too much i'll talk about but wcw definitely wwf and that's going up against angle too i mean that was just it's kind of like there, there were matches like i don't know who i want to win and that's yeah. like mm-hmm. that's kind of rare yeah you know i mean we have two to three guys in a match all his stuff the tag team matches that he did going up against the guerreros and everything he did i think he had one bad feud against uh orlando jordan remember that whole toy thing <laughs> oh, of God. course that was bad. Yeah. That was the whole them trying to clown on whatever. That was this whole thing. But uh, not him. No, you, but the whole. You talk about all the Jordan. good, st- yeah. the good stuff though. Just the good with Benoit, and and you concentrate on that. I mean, there was like a beautiful match him and Brett had to tribute Owen. Oh yeah, uh, on Nitro, which Absolutely. like you know, it's hard to obviously separate the two. I'm getting better at watching his stuff now because you do have to appreciate the work this guy put in and and the, the art he created on that canvas and um shout out i mean my cousin that's his all-time favorite and you know he'll tell you that like brett and benoit are still he there's they resonate like there's all i want to say he's almost got a hundred percent approval rating among wrestling fans besides the obvious stuff yeah. but like there's right. really nobody that could take away and for brett to have one wrestler to go up against in that match and for him to pick you yep i mean there's no <clears> other what, what more do you want i mean um so yeah. yeah there's not much for me else to say about that he's he's definitely a top five in my my book the only reason he's not higher it's, it's tough to beat brett but yeah he's probably two or three in my list i would even have mm. him over angle believe it or not just because of the mm. i feel like the rain i feel like uh, ben will had a longer just because of wcw he had more he had he had more of a catalog than yeah. Kurt angle right. not Count TNA, of course, but um, just and even before it. that, like you said, all the Japanese stuff, Pegasus know? Kid, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, we we watched all that stuff, man. That's that was our heyday. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, he's to have that to have that um like crowning moment, the thing we wanted Cody to have this year, Duke and I did, mm-hmm. like the confetti, and just you win the Royal Rumble as a babyface, you go to WrestleMania, you finish the story, you beat the heels, you realize your dream. Benoit yep. got that honor. And it's Absolutely. a weird thing that he was given that by Vince McMahon because who knows, you know, how that happened, honestly. How did he finally succumb to that? But um, what do you yeah, think, imagine dude? that could be in your shoes? Honor. Yeah, being in your shoes, like if we were at 20 and Triple H would have won that match, I would have felt just like how you did at Cody. Mm-hmm. That's how what yep. was in us. I'm sure you guys would have felt the same way, right? So we yeah. knew he was winning that, though. Like not new, but like, come on, man. This is how you finish the story. We yeah. went to the Rumble. When he won the Rumble, we were like, we're going to WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, it's that simple. You know, if, if somebody else won, I would I mean, who knows? Maybe we right. would have. I don't know. But that was it for us. You know, that was like, he was one of our guys. Like I mentioned, Jericho was, you know, um, one of our guys that we always liked. And we followed through the bullshit that he went through. And he fought out of that and ended up having a great career. And, um, you know, like, obviously what happened is tragic and it fucking sucks. 
and we don't even need to talk about it. But um, when when you mentioned John, like an all time great, like how many guys can say that they won the WCW and WWE World Titles? There's not a lot. I would challenge you to list them all. It's probably a short list. He was one right. of them. Um, mm-hmm. so like he won every title available to him: TV, United States, tag team, world title. Went to WWE and did the same thing: Intercontinental tag team, world title. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it just it sucks it how sucks. it ended. It's, it's it sucks just a because because. It's almost like I feel guilty about like saying how great he was, you know, but um, you got to purely, yeah, purely from a wrestling standpoint, like he had it all. And like, it's funny because you talk about earlier, we were talking about like not having the it factor. He did. Yeah. Like in a weird way, he did. He was just he was just a believable badass i remember him fighting like bigger guys like reese Mm -hmm. you know from the flock and stuff and like being like oh yeah he'll kick this guy's ass and like he would throw him around dude like he would body slam him and like german suplex him and stuff like he brought like a a, like a realism a believability to his matches and um i think that's probably why like so many fans um got behind him and this is a guy that couldn't speak on the mic, really. Yeah. We talked about mm-hmm. Test earlier and other guys, like what, what yep. happened. I'm st- In reality, you were shocked that he even gave it to him because he couldn't talk mm-hmm. to him. Like, not that he had the belt that long, but they still gave him everything else in that company. Yeah. Too, so. I'm still kind of yeah. blown away by that. Right. It, like, mm-hmm. as far as Vince McMahon goes, it doesn't make any sense. And that's you'd Paul. wonder if um, Vince saw a little bit of Brett in him because, you know, Vince did once upon a time love brett and the hart family mm-hmm. and i really respect them and i wonder mm-hmm. if maybe he's like this could be my new brett because similarities were there when brett wasn't the best promo guy so they say even though i disagree he was pretty good yeah but ben, you know who knows why that happened but we were there it was a great memory um nobody's gonna take that away it's tarnished but um we're talking about greatest canadian wrestlers of all time and i mentioned the synonymous section or the section of like you know, um, there's there's no way you think of Canadian wrestling and not think of Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, a shout he out has, to he actually has a bigger catalog in reality than Brett almost, if you think about it. Right. If you go with a year by yeah, break down the years. Eighty five you know? to what when in Brett uh, that's what, twelve years? I mean, it's it's very close. Especially oh, you mean on, on like the main stage? Yeah. Huh? On the main stage, yeah, on the main stage. I mean the stuff mm-hmm. Because all the matches he fought on Raw and on Nitro, that's what I'm trying to say. Like Brett didn't have that mm-hmm. back in the '80s because they didn't have that that stuff. But mm-hmm. so I mean, the stuff is out there for him to to be seen too. No, but um, I so we posed the question on the Instagram at No Sold underscore Podcast. We we asked who the greatest Canadian wrestler is, and that people are not afraid to say Benoit if you know because it's a popular name that came up in the comments and the responses. Um, so. We had to mention Benoit, and, you know, it is what it is. I want to talk about a couple more guys as we kind of wrap it up, synonymous, and then we'll obviously maybe quick fire at the end if you guys have any quick ones you want to throw in for fun. But we have to talk about one of the most decorated, successful Canadian pro wrestlers of all time, 
that we had the you know the pleasure to watch his whole entire career edge you know i think edge we talked about christian and how we were kind of knock knocking edge a little bit because we were more christian fans but there's just nothing you can't take away the accomplishments like that's the thing about edge and if he's not your cup of tea that's fine he's never been on my super favorites list there was a nice period where i was really like a fan of edge like i did really like edge and now i'm more like happy to see him it's comforting mm-hmm. like i went to wrestlemania he's one of the guys i popped for because mm-hmm. he is getting up there um but yeah man edge had a long period off where he had to retire early and then he just came back and he's still doing his thing we talked about christian's accomplishments one of the goats i'm sure you could say the same for edge right i mean edge is one of those guys that like when you listen to like the old veterans like they put him over you know so like i mean he may not be like one of our favorites or anything but um like you said you can't take away what he's done and i think the biggest difference between you know, we don't want to get into like Christian versus Edge, of course, but like we were talking about Christian and they're always going to be kind of like combined, you know, like they were they kind of came in together. And I think well, they're the differences. They are brothers. Yes. I think that um the biggest difference is like they got behind Edge. They I think that's it, Christian. man. And that's really that simple. And um Edge was probably more of a politician than Christian. I don't know anything. This is purely me speculating, but he seems like kind of a schmazer, you know, Hey Vince, you know, like he, I'm sure he hung out with Vince here and there. And the guy had a hell of a career and good for him. And I'm with you, man. Like I, I told you guys, I told Frank and you um, that like, I'm, I'm happy to see edge now. Like, I feel yeah. like he's like, you know, like, he's like dad edge now you know like right. he's i'm just i'm i feel like he's happy to be here and he knows that it's closing you know it's almost closing time for him and um you never want to see somebody go out you know the way he went out and i was never the biggest edge fan but when he had to come up and give that title up like that sucked man you know like you don't want somebody to go out like that so like for him to be able to come back and let me tell you at that Royal Rumble, I lost my shit for Edge. Like I was very excited to see him. I wanted him to I wanted him to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> for sure. Like I did. I was like, win. And he this did, shit, right? Dude, let's go. No, when he came back, he didn't. But he won the next time, though. Yeah, he won the next yeah. one. Yep. Which is fucking well, crazy, by the way. But <laughs> well, I want to yeah, ask I mean, you guys um real quick. Would you feel like you know, we don't like hate Edge or whatever, but do you feel like you'd yeah. like Edge more or prefer Edge if he had six less world title reigns and maybe not be, okay, King of the Ring, Royal Rumble, 11 times or maybe 13 times world's champion? Maybe you could correct me, 14? I don't know what's up there. He's done it all times a million, and it's one of those things where it's like, maybe we're supposed to be like Kurt Henning or, or you know, maybe like Rick Rude. Mm-hmm but you weren't supposed to be Hulk Hogan and fucking Ric Flair as far as accomplishments. I mean, for me, like the accomplishments don't mean as much during that time. Like when you look at 
who won titles and how many they won, it's preposterous, quite frankly. Yeah. So yeah. like, no, I just wasn't a big fan of the guy. That's all. Like okay. I liked him, you know, like he, he would be top 100 for <laughs> me. I'm sure. Like mm. I never disliked edge. He was just never a guy that I was like, Oh man, like fucking edges in the main event. I got to tune in, you know, like I never felt that way about it. Not but, interested in his feuds or, or yeah, things nah, like that. I mean, right. not really like, um, I know a lot of people crown him in Foley's match. Yeah, at that wrestling, and I'm like, I don't really get it. But listen, that's what makes us human, right? We all have yeah. different opinions, and you know, good for Edge. I'm glad he's back. He's had a hell of a career. You cannot, absolutely not, mention Canadian wrestling without mentioning him. And then I'll send no. it over to the biggest Edge fan, the Edgehead. There <laughs> the he edge. is. <laughs> Cringy. That's. That's one word I would use to describe his career. Oof. It's cringy. Mm. From the head stuff with him and Lita, stuff that not, mm. it just makes you go back and watch yeah. that stuff. You guys talk oh, about. I don't want to. Yeah, it's head cringy. shaking. How about the head yeah. shaking edge? Yeah, it's just. Uh... Oh, dude, know, know who? Shout out to my boy Jay. He said he looks like. Um... Shit, who did he say? Was it? Was it Christopher Lloyd? Oh, it's Jim <laughs> from Taxi. Jim from Taxi. That's Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. when he's Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that and look at Edge. I was like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit, that's perfect. Shout out to Jay. There we go. That's funny. With that head yeah. shake. Right. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Zern, you were saying cringe. That's all. That's oh, <laughs> damn. Now, wow, man. One of the top 10 Canadian Listen, when he first, of all time. When he first came in and he got aligned with uh, Sable... He was a tag, they were, they were a tag team. They pushed him yep. to the moon. His vignettes were cool. He yep. was solid then. And then they try to shove you down his our throats. Well, wait, like well, what about Brood Edge? That part was solid. That's what I'm trying to say. That, that Up to that part was good. Like, I oh, like that okay. part. Okay. Once they try to shove you down his throats, like the IC title thing, where you got booed as a face in Toronto, mm. Canada, or, or in Canada. From then on, actually, I, I lost, I lost interest in him well there was there's a moment not- though with edge when he won the king of the ring he was really having really good matches and he was still like that icy level guy yeah. and it has I nothing to do with the level edge. or his accomplishments just i there's nothing like duke said there's nothing there that i'm going to go back and watch and i rewatched a lot of junk but i'm not going to go back and watch <laughs> his stuff like i'll be honest with you yeah i'll no, go back I'm- and watch some of his earlier days when he first came in in 97 90, or 98 i think it was SummerSlam. I'd rather watch some of that stuff than some of the stuff in the early 2000s versus Cena. What about There's, him oh. versus Lance Storm? Good. Really good. SummerSlam Summer 2001. Yeah, that's really right. That's, that's when it had the – yeah, you're right. Okay, so That's, that's that era of Edge I'm talking about because Christian <laughs> came it. out with the Canadian <laughs> Cup, the trophy from King of the Ring, and, like, there was still really good Edge stuff then, 2001, and then it became, like you said, Mike, shoving down your throat, this stuff. He fought Booker T. He was, like, feuding, like, doing all that stuff. Uh all them mid card match. That was a good match. I don't know. I'm with you on the feuds, but like he's a Hall of Famer, class of 2012. Sure. sure. You know, um, I, I believe if you, if we had to do word association and you like made me say something, I'd say overrated. It's kind of mean, me too. but I think he's overrated, you know? Um, yeah. But he is a, he, go ahead. Part of me is a little salty that like they didn't give Christian any of, not even one fourth of what they gave him. 
Well, I said last week we're watching ECW, and I said, so you tell me Edge could be a 14-time champion, but Rob Van Dam, who I think had the charisma, the style, the mood, he was, you know, it took him forever to get that one title win. And, you know, I don't think he wanted as much as Edge, like Duke said. He's maybe be backstage. I think Rob just wanted to do his thing. And maybe Christian just, I mean, didn't want all that stuff that Edge wanted to do. I have no idea. But if you're going to tell me, Mike, we're going to, we're going to have a best of Edge show three hours mm-hmm. long can you go do some re- homework i would call out sick <laughs> wow can't even i love you guys i think i, love I your think, show. I think frank guy, would call out I, sick too so that's one oh, guy man. if you told me to do a retro one i'd be like please no thank you like i, I just, you wow. know i want one it's do it. funny because like there's a generation of people that look at edge as like we look at brett that's that is great. a good that's point good for them. That's, and i'm, that's I'm happy a for real him. thing man <laughs> that is I'm, true just, it's just it's not for me so i'm not knocking like, it's just not for my me. no no i know yeah. it's just it isn't it funny you know like my buddy adam got a world copeland? heavyweight title i'm sorry adam Co- adam copeland edge himself no adam page you don't know him uh. um he got a world heavyweight title replica and yeah. the name on it edge Boy. edge wow yeah. so what do we know that's his guy that's his guy hey look that's cool um <laughs> We said enough about Edge, and I. Can I say I, one more thing. <laughs> yeah, just one sure. more thing. I think this all stems. If you go back and watch all them, um, the 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 t- TLC matches, guess who does the least amount of bumps? Oh, and yeah. all that stuff. Well, they're protecting their golden boy, bro. Yeah, Dude. they're protecting. So the I think this child, is where it all started from. Christian's getting his butt kicked. Everybody's getting. Matt Hardy taking destruction. Yeah. yeah, he does the like what Rousey and uh, which Paul did at WrestleMania, did, did barely nothing, and and gets the belt and gets all the glory. So that was I think probably that's where it started all from. And that was so, Vince's orders, bro. I think yeah. it's safe to say that on this day we see clearly. <laughs> mm. Everything has come to light or life. I don't sure. know. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, from one um, I don't want to say overrated again, but Jeez. one um one wrestler oh that was, you know, maybe given a little bit too much to another that um I'm gonna lump these two together. Because they're pretty topical. And we do have to mention Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Canada's own, Montreal. A lot of success for Mr. Owens. And Sami Zayn's coming into a lot of success. I did want to put them in this you know, list because there are generations of fans, like you said, Duke with Edge. There are generations of fans that think these guys are Canadian royalty. And um, God bless you if you believe that. I, I mean... <laughs> It's it's all you know preference I guess, but um, I wanted to give you know Zern at least a chance to speak about KO because you've had fandom that was newfound, right? Like three years. No, I liked him when he started. This is overblown. My love for KO. I was yeah, saying clear it up, clear not, it up. Yeah, this is gar- your chance. He's yeah, not yeah. a garbage man because my garbage man can't do flips and move around the ring like he does. Is you don't say. have a good garbage man though. Yeah, my garbage man can't get out of the. See, okay. I liked him when he debuted on NXT. Okay. And slammed Sami Zayn, of course, against that. You we watched that together. You liked it too. So don't act like you didn't like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. Time. Pop, pop. I like, like that reign, <laughs> his whole reign in NXT, which you can call the minor leagues. So that's fine. He gets called up. Him him versus Cena. The challenge was great to me. I don't know if you mm. remember that. You oh, I remember it. Yeah. Okay. I look like you didn't he didn't remember. He was NXT it. champion, right? <laughs> Kevin Owens. Correct, yeah. 
Correct. Mm. He answered Pop the Pop-up power bomb. Yeah. So him and Cena had the little feud there. I liked that. Not too much after that did I like, because from there, it didn't too good. Dude. After that, I liked him and Jericho, the list of Jericho. Mm. I liked that whole feud. After that, not too much after that. I, I think I said him versus... So Z where are like, you now with Kevin? I hate I hate this stuff. Frank said best. What, what's <laughs> going to happen at WrestleMania when they win the belts, and then what? Nothing's going to happen. They're going to mm -hmm. mean absolutely nothing. This stuff is so boring to me. It's so stale. This oh, is my favorite Kevin Owens, personally. Oh my well, gosh! Dude. I would assume that one's going to turn on the other, right? Because probably they, yeah. they haven't. They done can't that do before. that again. I can't be in fact. Like I, I can't even watch it now. Now it's now it's bad. Now it's boring. The Uso. Wow. So you're Kevin telling Owens. me you're all about the chase and not the catch, then? What chase? I mean, I didn't want them to win at WrestleMania. I wanted the Usos hmm. to win. I'm I'm pro Usos. Now the Usos are getting too much mic time, so we're not talking about the Usos. This is not the Samoan <laughs> show. <laughs> it's not so. the Samoan. We will have a Samoan legacy show. Absolutely. But I, be... I wanted to know because Kevin owns the prize fighter. We always say we don't understand like the basketball shorts, the, the ring attire. I don't know what he's supposed to be. He's a tough guy. I'm not here to knock the what guy. What does Brock Lesnar yeah, but he's got the whole like but, Jimmy no, Johns, and he's actually been in MMA. What the hell has Kevin Owens ever fought besides a, a hoagie? Ooh, see, I mean, no, I don't he, even I love mean, the guy. You got me defend him, but it's like two and a half years uh, of his freaking long career. <laughs> tell me, let me tell you, let me ask you one question, both of you, what, yes or no? What? Was him yes. in NXT good? <laughs> yes actually, no. it was intriguing, Duke. <laughs> <laughs> all right help i How mean look, cena oh my i didn't God. feel i didn't feel like that was very no, him versus jericho <laughs> nothing okay next topic look, uh, i mean let's bring up uh abdul the butcher i just don't no. i don't see it bro i see him as like a hugh morris okay we've saturday, been before saturday night job that's why i was defending when you guys were calling him like non-talented he can't move around the ring yay Oh sure. my god! Yeah, he can do okay. tumble salts. Yes, he can't. He can't he can talk. It's cringy when he's talking. I absolutely Agreed. agree. Oh, okay, oh, great. And so is Edge, though. And you just you're lumping. Did you say yeah. you're lumping all three of them together? Whew. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that to Edge. <laughs> I would not do that to Edge. <laughs> Edge is here, and oh, then these man. guys. Look, I like Sammy. You know, I really respect Sammy. If we could talk about him for a minute, and we will. He did you a know, great look, job. Kevin Owens is successful. Kevin yeah. Owens is. Three-time United States champion, two-time IC champion. He's a universal. This is, this is where we get into this whole thing. Is that just because they have the accolades, you did this to oh, Sheamus too. No, I'm just giving them props. I'm giving. Kevin I'm Owens saying props, when really. I say I like these guys, I say I like them at mid card <laughs> status, <laughs> not heavyweight, not Mohawk Sheamus, mid card status. That's all I'm trying to all say. All right, Jeez, Louise. All right. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I hate the current. I hate the current version of these. Guys, I think they're boring as anything. If you like it, then your version. <laughs> I feel bad for you if you're sitting there on Monday night intrigued by this. This and versus the Usos on the mic. This is my favorite Kevin oh, Owens and Sami Zayn is the fact that they're like kind of finally on the same page. They oh, they took God. down the evil bloodline. But we've seen you know, this before. Um, Where's Frank at? I'm gonna I'm gonna phone a friend, dude, because oh, Frank said this before. Frank man. is on a very important assignment right now. Yeah, you ever hear a Ray Mysterio? Because Frank's out in San Diego doing a little. Work right, nice. for our Rey Mysterio spotlight show. Um, but anyways, not talk about that. We got other guys to talk about. Oh, no, dude. Man. I mean, look, I'm only trying to give him the props by putting him on this list and, and with Sami Zayn. I was even going to bring him up. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm going to do it because Sami is one of the more gifted guys of this current generation, sure. I think, in ring. And, and I, I like him in NXT, him versus Nakamura. Perfect. 
Oh, and about him versus Claudio versus Cesaro. Perfect. And that's where Amazing. that's where he needs to be. His last year of work, that was great. That's a yeah, like that's something that's never gonna happen again. So just get over it. Mm-hmm. He's not a main eventer, he's a mid carter. There's nothing wrong with being Rick Rude, and there's nothing wrong with being that mid card. Whoa, stash. whoa, 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 whoa. No, what John said, what John said, like being Rick Rude and Kurt Henning being at mid card stash. No, Rick Rude's a heavyweight champion in my eyes. Okay, all right. Uh, right. I don't have international, to uh, international heavyweight Absolutely, champion. Absolutely, yeah. Hands down, so who's, who's Sammy's not? No, I mean, worth. I like. Let's talk quick, about Iron Mike Sharp. Come on, let, yeah, Canada's greatest athlete, once known mm-hmm. as. Uh, real quick on the Sammy Zayn thing. Um, I am a fan of Sammy. I do like <clears throat> Sammy. Um, I think he has his place. That's all. I just don't see him as like the guy. Um, maybe as like a transitional guy, sure. But he said it himself that he doesn't see himself as that. And if he doesn't believe, I sure don't believe. It's not even a, tran- a transitional. I mean, <clears throat> he's a mid Carter. He's barely put it this way: if he goes and beats Walter for the belt, I see belt. Yeah. What would you think? Are you freaking kidding me, Walter? Well, I would think well, that's a that big moment. The W the WWE what? gives everybody. It's at the point where they give everybody a shot. So, like, it, it wouldn't surprise. Well, me. I'm talking about Walter had his long, long title. Yeah, or gone through. I'm sorry, I always call him Walter. And then Sami Zayn knocks him off. Or Kevin yeah, Owens knocks cool. him off. Yeah. Why? For, Sammy, what does that bring to that title? To, uh, the same thing's going to happen with these Japanese tag team belts. Nothing. <clears throat> yeah, but what do you, I mean, yes, but you do the moment, right? I mean, Walter Sammy should wants lose a big to a win. guy. Uh, Walter should lose to a guy that's uh, an up and comer that's going to actually make that belt. No, yeah. I, I don't want, I'm not saying all that. I don't even I'm just know asking John. You... I was posing John that question. Like, oh, well. He's, Listen, a, he's barely, I mean... that, mean, that means he's barely a mid Carter now, right? Now you're Sammy defending Sammy. You're like flipping the. Hey man, I'm telling no. you, I think Sammy got over, and he yeah. deserves. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and but like his place. Right. I'm his not play... saying he beats Roman, right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, if he got like, you know, in the next couple of years, if he got a world title run, like, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, I think the guys worked his ass off, especially when you look at last WrestleMania where he was at on the card, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I think that he. It's a cool story. You know, yeah, he worked his ass off. He had a great year, and like props to him. That's all. Um, yeah, maybe you should hit the gym against first, these guys. You should yeah, go in the Celtic well, Warrior workout first and get hit the gym first because he can can't take his shirt off. Well, that's take true. some pride in your take some pride in your your. your he your gave up on heart. that. He used to be not you know good cut shape, Sammy. Did. Yeah. Well, I, I think he and and lately, not to mention that he's been going through his holiday. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm sticking up for him. So that's tough on him because he's draining. He's not allowed to eat oh, and stuff like that. So, I guess well, what? hey, I'm only trying to keep it nice <laughs> here. I didn't mean well, I, the, the, ho- the hoagie comment for anyone that doesn't know. A hoagie in Philadelphia is a sub. <laughs> it's a sandwich. And look, Kevin Owens likes to eat. He admitted it. He likes to ha- have his food. He likes. He has no desire to cut certain weight. He's a. You but know, he can move he around like PCO. Sure. Him and PCO are almost identical moving around. So why is PCO get? And I like PCO, PCO. Still looks like a wrestler to me. Kevin Owens does that's not look per- like a wrestler. That's your perception. That's because I uh, guess. Okay. I just don't think he looks like a pro wrestler. Gotcha. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I'm not a huge. In, I'm not a huge. Tune fan, in obviously. next week when we have a Kevin Owens <laughs> retrospective, where Zern Posted talks about him. His Zern, three moments. Our road man. He's going to talk about his uh, for two hours. He's going to talk about his love for KO, and we'll get into maybe how he likes Snickers. No, no, no. We're um, not, we're, we're going to Cody keep can it. drink, but Cody can drink soda. Cody didn't actually drink that soda. CM See, Punk he, can eat a muffin. Co- yeah, 
a muffin is tremendous. MJ, that's just as unhealthy as a Snickers bar. Nah, they, these were these were they were gluten muffins. free. Yeah, you didn't hear where they were from. Yeah, sprouted whole grain. <laughs> nah, so, listen, man, I've been hating on this guy for like fifteen years. I think and I, he's. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that he is like you said, cringy. On he's mic, one yeah. of these guys that thinks he's cool and he's not, and he thinks he's funny. <laughs> And he's not. He's just annoying and a blowhard. And uh, yeah, Canadian or not, I think you suck, KO. So I like your partner, though. We can move on now. All right. Oh, well, Kevin Owens, Sammy Zane, definitely. And uh, I got one more modern synonymous with Canadian wrestling, and then we got to move on to the finals. Uh, but this guy's uh, born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. What's the uh, tagline, though? Not from North Carolina? Well, no, it changes. Give me that. Because I don't know. It changes every week, literally. Like, they might say, like, but he's never won a title in North Carolina. They'll just change it every week. Okay, we're talking about Kenny Omega. So, you know, the cleaner is how I got introduced to him. The the chrome-looking hair. When the uh, I guess it became cool for to watch NJPW in the last 10, 12, 15 years, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, I remember seeing Omega and thinking he's definitely got the stuff to be the champion when he was just, you know, the cleaner guy. But then you would start to see the Internet got behind this guy like, <clears throat> you know, not many others. And you would see him doing some really wild shit over there in Japan, wrestling kids blow up towels doing the whole thing <laughs> like it like so then i just figured he's a sideshow then you realize oh no wait he's like one of the best wrestlers in the whole entire world and can back it up and he has since been super duper successful wrestler of the year for sports illustrated whatever that's worth in 2017 um pwi 500 he's always up there successful in japan successful in AEW. has never stepped through that forbidden door if you will into wwe and maybe one day he will because i think in order to be considered a goat you got to kind of do it on the grand stage um at least to have a real argument and some people modern day goat is kenny omega what do you guys Mm. think of him just one quick he did walk through the door real quick and he got kicked out he wasn't (laughs) he wasn't developmental but that is true but what are your thoughts on on kenny omega now (laughs) all you duke yeah, um, it's funny because um, I saw him when he was like first starting out in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor when he wore like the the short tights and he was doing like the Hadouken shit, like all mm-hmm. the anime type stuff. But even then, like you could see he had something like he was, <clears throat> excuse me, very athletic. Um, he had a sort of charisma to him, but. Um, him and the Young Bucks too. Like I remember seeing both of them and being, or all three of those guys, and be like, "Damn, these guys are pretty cool," you know. And uh, so I'm surprised by Kenny's success for sure because, like, you know, you are see you? him in Ring of Honor is yeah, for sure. Like from where I started seeing him, hmm. you know, in like a a small arena where he's wrestling, you know, in the opening match maybe and doing some like weird, you know kind of comical bullshit during his matches um to be like 
considered one of the greats. And I'm not denying that now because I am a Kenny Omega fan, but I, I am surprised by his success based on what I saw of him starting out, you know, but <clears throat> Kenny's a guy that, uh, you know, if you, if you ask me like on one hand matches currently that I want to see Kenny Omega is probably going to be in there. Um, I think there's still a lot of intriguing matches in AEW that he can have for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. I would like to see Keith Lee and Kenny Omega. Like, um, I was so about Kenny Omega and Christian, one of my favorite matches in the past couple of years. So, um, I've definitely become a huge Kenny Omega fan. Um, as far as like a goat list or anything like that, we'll see, you know, you got to see as time goes by. Um, but yeah, great Canadian wrestler for sure. And, um, probably the most relevant right now, I would say. Oh, hands down. <clears throat> so Zern, Zern, you were, uh, I remember you and I rented, I came to your place to watch one of the Wrestle Kingdoms early on. And it was like Okada and Kenny Omega were putting that on the map for casual fans or for American fans or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, with Okada and Omega, and then he would fight, you know, all the big names over there. Do you feel like um, you got to go to the WWE and do it a little bit there or what? So my thoughts are my first time seeing him was when Finn was, when he got the bull club together. So we're talking about maybe 13 and Duke, you can help me out with this, but Kenny was in a baby face tag team with Abashi. Oh, Abushi, uh, Kota Abushi. Kota Abushi. Yeah. They're a baby face tag team. <clears throat> so that was my um, first time seeing him over there that was all because of finn because i was following finn mm -hmm. i was a finn fan um then he then obviously becoming to clean and becoming going to bull club that was many probably about four years later and coming to aew to answer your question i think he does need to come to aew because duke said he has all these matches that he would like to see and that's all great and well they're great matches but not memories minus the the uh, christian match that was a rarity all these other things are not like going to stand 20 years from now. Yeah. He was in WWE making, <clears throat> he, would make, he would make memories at this point <clears throat> being at WrestleMania, right? Main event in WrestleMania. Imagine him versus, I might even want to say Roman Reigns. I don't even know if that does anything for me, Yeah. but that's what, I guess who that's what would be. Right. I would rather him go mm -hmm. up against Cody Rhodes or WrestleMania for the yeah. belt. Imagine mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that, that would, that would, uh, what about, the, what about um, Kenny Omega versus Brock Lesnar? Are you being serious? Yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> you're taking a shot at me. <laughs> I'm actually being serious because okay. I said there's I would, nothing left yeah. of Brock, but that's kind of you know of how I thought you about this right? Cody Brock stuff. I feel like it's great. This is part one of part five part, part thing that's going to happen with Cody. He's going to have five mm -hmm. and five good uh, angles, and he's going to win the belt again. Yeah, no, I would definitely for sure. Like, well, that's the thing about Omega is with the angles. Like, he's had all these matches. You said yeah. Ibushi, they were teams. I mean, teammates. They eventually mm -hmm. fought in a great match versus Tanahashi. I've seen yeah. Omega. I mean, Dave Meltzer's, you know, obsession with Kenny Omega is is like kind of what makes you want to watch Omega matches because okay, if this dude's rating at eight stars, I gotta. And then you start to realize, yeah, he's really good. But I, I, what about feuds? Like. What about mm -hmm. like sort of um some depth with the stories? Because I think to be considered a goat, you have to have that well-rounded package, like a macho man. You know, even Brett's feuds, so they were they were memorable. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think with Omega, like if you sculpted the pro wrestler for 2023, this would be him. Like he's mm-hmm. really looks great, moves great, does all the cool stuff. I just want to see him take it to a different level and tell some stories one day, uh, but, if possible. WWE. But don't you think that's just that's just not his style, though? Maybe not, but he's been cutting. You like know? I really enjoyed his promo on Dynamite that he cut. No, um, yeah, I don't recently. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm not like discounting him. I'm just saying, like you just said, like 2023's wrestler is Kenny Omega. Like right, okay. maybe yeah. fans don't really give a shit about that anymore. You know, like mm. we do, but that's what we like in pro wrestling. We like storytelling, you know, like right. So I mean, this thing with the Young Bucks and the Blackpool Combat Club, um, like they're getting a little story together so who knows maybe we'll see something now you know but there's that one story though right that's uh big big money that's waiting to be told right cm punk yeah that guy doesn't work there he doesn't work there anymore though so i mean one of my favorite moments in the last five years is when not moments times is when kenny had the belts and he's going to tna he was doing everything everywhere he had all that he's the belt collector he that he has that ability so he definitely has it in him. He needs a WWE mm-hmm. to put their spin on it and do make it even bigger. Cause I don't feel like yeah. AEW at this point has what it takes to make that big splash, even mm-hmm. though they did. Okay. Dustin and Cody, that was great, but that was Dustin mm-hmm. and Cody that did that. Are you talking about the Wembley show to sell it out or to like, what do you mean? No, 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 no. What I mean is to make Kenny Omega have like a great moment, not, or mm-hmm. like a great six month reign where you're remembering everything. Right. Uh-huh, like yeah. What, what Cody? Let's say compare what Cody's doing right now, right? Or what Cody had this last few months. He needs mm-hmm. WWE to do that with him because I don't feel like AEW mm-hmm. can do that for him. Um, just because of the production, everything. I don't feel like they're ready for it yet. All the great mm-hmm. matches in AEW that I can think off the top of my head. They're just matches, done by, though. They're, dumped, they're matches, storylines. Yeah. Okay, even Punk, MGF, the Doll Collar, all that's good stuff. That's mm-hmm. all great, and they were good stuff, but it's not what WWE would do with Kenny Omega. They would really mm-hmm. do something with Kenny Omega. I'm completely right. for that yeah like they would make that's him what i'm start. thinking i definitely feel like he has it in him to do it because what he when he was doing that stuff with him callus from and he made me watch impact all the time when he was yep. going over there yeah <clears throat> all the it's time tough. wherever he was going in japan like i mean mexico i was following him everywhere yep how often yeah. does that happen to you christian makes you do that kenny omega makes you do that chris jericho makes you want to do that mm-hmm. and there's not too many more people that want to also maybe- it was it was never really done before yeah right it gave exactly. you like old school vibes of like the NWA world champion going to like absolutely defending yeah. it and like all the territories, you know? So like, yeah, man, I, 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 I'm with you guys. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm not discounting his career, but like, he's not like that household name. He's not like, I don't he's think a cult he's a cult hero though. Yeah, right? for sure. Yes, for sure. But like to be on the greatest of all time list, not but would you compare talking about. it to, uh, like, in the 90s, um, I'm sorry, in the 80s, I guess, um, there was Stan Hansen, right? There was Bruiser Brody. That's, that's a better mm-hmm. example. But, like, Bruiser mm-hmm. Brody sometimes is mentioned with the greats, the all-time greats. But, like, he never did it on the WWE stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still the legend of Brody lives on. I truly believe, like, in 20 years, the, the legend of Kenny Omega might start to tr- like creep up to be like oh man this is one of the best ever you got to go watch this guy kenny omega he 
like I could just see it already because he really is kind of a um kind of a living like legend so to speak like with modern wrestling fans i'm putting myself yeah. in the mind of modern wrestling no, fans. yeah for sure and like we're all kenny fans like it's not like we're not kenny right. omega fans i think we're just saying that you know if he went to wwe i think that could really like cement himself mm-hmm. yeah. as one of the all-time greats you know what i mean like um you know when you talk about all-time greats to me you have to do it at like the highest level right and, you know, AEW, I love AEW, but like it's not the highest level still. It's just not. It's a fact, you know, and there's going to be a lot of AEW fans that are going to get pissed off when I say that, but they're not on WWE's level. And it doesn't mean I'd rather watch AEW, but it's just, it's a fact. Well, I if, think uh, with, I'm sorry, Mike. Now I was going to say just for one moment uh, when Mox showed up and attacked Omega. And then Mega came back and attacked him next. If that happened on WWE, their production, everything, that was a big right. moment in AEW. It was. Yeah. It really was. Because yep. I'm yep. rewatching all that stuff now. But if that happened on WWE at like WrestleMania or or back, even Backlash in Puerto Rico, they would make it where it's like, it's, it's huge. You know I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I can't put well, my finger I, on it, but it's it's just something. I don't know. I think with, um, you got to ask yourself, like, yeah, as a fan, what you, what you want. If Kenny Omega, who's, pushing 40 i believe or he might even be 40 if you really want kenny omega to stay and you know he's going to have a match with jay white he'll have a match with Takeshita, he'll have you know these marquee matches if that's enough for you that's cool but if you go to wwe maybe there's like two or three feuds there that could cement him like if a healthy randy orton came back and got it involved with kenny omega that's big time I think a Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega on a big stage is pretty damn big. And I think he could do some business with Brock based on Japan and maybe, you know, who knows? Um, WWE roster is not as strong as I would like, but I'm with you guys. I think Omega and WWE would be pretty, pretty awesome. And he's on this list. Um, Hang with us 15 more minutes here. I think we got, we got a couple more guys. One now that we have to talk about towards the end here is, arguably the greatest Canadian wrestler ever. I mean, you could probably argue that he's the greatest wrestler in his family, even though some may say not, but Owen Hart is, I mean, for anyone who listens to this, we always crown Owen Hart and we always crown Owen Hart um, from our old time days. Like we did love Owen Hart, the wrestler before the tragedy and all that stuff. And it's cool that he gets all the love now after the fact, but I think people kind of um, didn't appreciate him before, you know, as much as they do now, which is fine. But like Owen Hart, start with WrestleMania 10 versus Brett. You could go down the list, even when you saw him doing, you know, the moonsaults before his match with Mr. Perfect as the Blue Blazer. You're, you're like, who's this guy? <clears throat> um, a master technician. He could fly through the air. He could be a technician through the ropes, you know, in between the ropes. I feel like he had the style um, before the style was cool, you know, and it's been emulated now and people have tried to master it, but Owen Hart's all around ability with the aerial, with the technician and the mat stuff. um, I just think he's one of the goats in Canadian wrestling and might, the personality might not have been there, you know, like the charisma might not have been there, but if you're going to talk about 
the goats in Canadian wrestling history. You got to talk about Owen. Yeah, man. Owen, um, from the moment I saw him as the blue blazer, uh, he was just captivating to me, like his style, um, you know, as a kid, like the high flying, like the, the moon salt, you know, that you didn't really see back then. Um, and then later <clears throat> as Owen Hart, um, the guys just to me, like grossly underrated. Like when you, I feel like he just doesn't get the love that he should as far as like an in-ring performer, because, um, I don't think there's many wrestlers that were like as technically sound as Owen was, um, and just so smooth and, um, crisp. just very, yeah, just crisp and, um, like seamless, you know, like from one thing to the other. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Owen. Um, and as far as like the lack of like promos or, you know, um, attitude personality to say like yeah i disagree with that um not that you're saying that because i know you don't but like you know the perception that he couldn't really because his stuff with brett was awesome like playing like the baddie the bratty selfish brother you know costing his own brother the wwf title um yeah man i'm a big fan of owen hart uh can't say enough good things about him i think that um He's certainly not only one of the best Canadian wrestlers, like in-ring performers, just period. One of the best in-ring performers of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can talk about him for hours as well, but uh, I know we're wrapping this up. So uh, basically my first memory of him is versus Skinner, WrestleMania 8, coming mm, in nice. there with, and just doing that backflip right off as mm-hmm. an entranceway. I mean, he's another guy that I don't think I've ever rooted against. He's been in some bad stuff, like when he was mm-hmm. in that, uh, when he was fighting like Severin. Don't remember that, like oh, Lions yeah. Pit, the Lions, Blackman, like, yeah, like all that stuff, man. Like the Blue Blazer stuff. They did not get behind him. That's another. Yep. He's like Christian all over again. They didn't get behind yep. him, and, and he he got his money. They cut him a check, and he was getting paid, and he was just a family guy taking care of his family. But mm-hmm. they didn't get get behind him. He could have been bigger than he was. Yep. Um, even with Yoko, I'm a Yoko guy, but that tag team at WrestleMania 11, go from 10 to 11, that's such a huge drop off, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's yeah, funny so. you say that about like um, them not getting behind them or whatever. And Dukes, you said it about someone earlier that maybe they didn't want it as much as uh, their mm-hmm. partner or whoever you said. But it, there's a chance, Owen, and I think I've heard this, that he wasn't like obsessed with the world title. Yeah. He wasn't really fixated on becoming a main eventer. He was mm-hmm. just there, like obviously, to do the job well, to the to yep. do it great. But um, I want to say though, like in our you know preparations with this week, like you start to dip back and watch some of the long lost stuff. You know, maybe a clip here and a clip there. But with Owen, you get wrapped up. And I saw him, you know, mixing up with Liger and mixing it up with Pegasus Kid, you know, or Wild Peg. I guess it was yeah, it was Pegasus Kid at the time, and um. Just in-ring ability-wise, I don't think anybody holds a candle to Owen Hart besides Bret Hart. And then you go into your Benoit's. And, I mean, it's it's like, think about how great Chris Jericho is and was. And then just understand that, like, he model, modeled himself after Owen. Mm-hmm. And, and Owen is significantly probably 
better in the ring than Jericho was in terms of like you said, Duke, like fluidness, yeah, crisp, and and that's just crazy to think because Jericho was so great, you know. Yeah, and like I think that is part of the thing. Like you mentioned, Mike, like they didn't get behind him. I think Brett was obsessed with being the best, and Owen probably wasn't. We don't know, but like. Everything you hear about him, he was a big family man. Like, he wanted to be with his family all the time. And, like, he was a jokester and, you know, stuff like that. And, like, that's what's fucking scary Mm -hmm. because he wasn't even trying to be the best. And, like, watch his matches. And he's just such a natural at it, you know? Like, and it's almost like, damn, Owen, like, you should have. I wish you would have had that drive. But he was probably, like. It was a family business. Everybody wrestled. He probably got into it for that reason. And, um, you know, he didn't have the aspirations that Brett did, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, not that it's about Brett versus Owen or anything, because I love Owen. And I just said, like, I think he's one of the best in-ring performers of all time. But I just think that Brett was, like, obsessed with being the best and the top guy. Even that being said, they could have put him in better angles, right? You don't have For to have sure. a belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that was laziness on their but part. But he wasn't a priority. Because no matter what, them days, you're you're going to Australia and sit like you're going no matter what, you're away from your family. It doesn't matter if you're a low card or yep. a top card. Mm-hmm. So he's away from his family no matter what. Yeah. Put him in a good feud. I mean, the stuff yeah. he did with Jarrett, I like that at the ends. Yeah, me too. But he's yeah. been in so much bad stuff in between, even the nation yep. stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, all of his good stuff was really centered around the hearts, whether it was Brett or Bulldog. You right. know, that was the good stuff. And I've obviously we talked each... about when we covered the DX pay per view, how badly they dropped the ball with Owen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Remember, how like he came, miss... he came in, you have this angle set up. Shawn Michaels screwed your brother. Now you're going to fight Shawn Michaels. So what does he it's right do? there for he you? It's the nation. It all makes sense, right? I mean, it's right there for you. That's either <laughs> political or whatever it is. Maybe he didn't want it, as I've heard. I mean, I can't imagine Owen Hart is like a, a Ben Simmons where he's got all this talent and doesn't want to actually, you know, put the he just like you said, dude, God given talent, flawless, effortless. Crazy. Yep. Owen Hart, one of the greatest of all time. Um, probably that guy that would win the Oscar for supporting actor, but never be the winner of the lead that's just you know sad but true um his brother brett the hitman Hart, synonymously all of our favorite wrestler of all time no (laughs) secret there a lot of the listeners right now probably feel the same exact way um and listen this 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 is brett so we're gonna do an all-time brett show eventually but i would say he's the greatest canadian wrestler in history bar none if you don't think so leave it in the comments people on instagram are leaving some other names depends on your maybe your era but um you do have to do your due diligence and watch your hitman and and you know learn yourself something and this is uh kind of started we talked we started this conversation in the beginning talking about stampede his father Stu, and if we could wrap it around here um brett out of the eight sons like he, he took the ball and ran with it because all those other boys could have tried to get on Brett's level, you know, and shout out to Owen and all, but um, Brett was more successful. And where do you begin talking about the brilliance of Brett, the Hitman heart? Yeah, sir. 
Yeah, I mean, we could be for we'll be here for hours talking about it, right? So, I mean, like I said, he's our, our favorite, definitely. Um, how many countless ma matches can you name off the top of your head with Brett? Um, we've talked about you guys have talked about them for how many episodes? Seems like almost every episode his name is being mentioned. Well, what are your what are your what are your Bret Hart ma matches then? What are your like? Give me your three that pop right in your mind. Three off the top of my head: him and Piper at eight, mm. him and Austin mm. at WrestleMania. Which, which one? At, okay. at WrestleMania, yeah, we talked about that before, and um, him and Bulldog. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the same. It's not. I'm not any any different than anybody else when it comes to. But what what he did that nobody else did at that time was have matches with the little guy, the Hakushis, yep. the Pierre Roulettes, the yep. one two three kids, mm -hmm. the all the small guys like that. Other than Lawler, that's the only match that he had, the only feud that he had that I'm like, don't I will never watch that again. Mm. It was horrible. He's he did it with everybody and WWF, not WCW, but WWF. Yeah. Um so the Lawler thing ties into the Isaac Yankum thing, I guess, right? Because that was also a little speed bump. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although absolutely. that match is actually pretty good. If you go back and watch the match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I just can't. I know. I know. Of it. I just can't. But it's a stupid feud. It's it all silly. ties it together. And I'm just not into that whole. I wasn't into that whole thing. How'd you feel about Bob Backlund stuff in 95? Survivor Series when he beat him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you guys didn't like it, but I mean, it was. I was crying, bro. Like, I was so <laughs> gutted. I know. I was happy at the time because, listen, I was. It's crazy because I mean I'm a Bret Hart fan, but I was happy for Backlund at the time. Um, hmm. The fact that he lost the next day, like why did this? Obviously, it's obviously what happened. Transition, bro. Like, transition. Yeah. I'm like, then I felt it was all I felt I felt deflated. I'm like, it was this was all yeah. for nothing. When they fought at eleven, it wasn't given enough. I feel like they should have been given enough time. Piper, we talked about this. I think on the episode I was on before, we might have just talked about it before. Piper didn't do a good job being a referee that match. I mm -hmm. think kind of messed that up. One of one of the rare times he messed up. I feel like he could have made that match better, stayed out of the way a little bit, and they could have had a little bit more time. That match could have been better. That wasn't the greatest thing ever. Um, their few could have been a lot better. I mean, but him on like I said, superstars. We I think I talked about this last time. I mean, that match on Saturday morning, it was it was excellent. When that happened, that was such a shocker. Mm -hmm. And that's all Brett. Yeah, that's all Brett. Oh, and, him and Backlund. It's, it's yeah, in mm -hmm. Backlund. Yeah, so good, man. Yeah. And that's both of them, but that's Brett saying we're going to do this and we have a goal ahead of us, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to give it. Mean, I don't understand why. I mean, the next day they're giving it to Diesel. I don't know. But, yeah. well, well, let me ask Duke Diesel because Diesel. Um, there's guys we could go through in an all time greats list Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Ric Flair. Go down the list. You can probably find a time where they didn't mesh with a guy. You're like, oh man, like, Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect, that's going to be great. But it wasn't. Uh, yep. You know, you go Ric Flair and so-and-so. Uh, I was a little disappointing. Brett, I feel like you put him in the ring with everybody, anybody, and it's good. Like, I can't think of anyone Brett didn't. Maybe you guys could think of one where it's just like, oh, no. that didn't work. Even, Even Bam Bam Bigelow, Booker yeah. T yeah. and WCW, Diamond Dallas yep. Page, anyone. Even as early as WrestleMania 4, we talked about this last time, when he feuded with Bad News on the circuit. All, yep. the, all the house shows that we got here at the Spectrum, that was good. Like, all that's even that early in his career, WrestleMania 4, that was that's that's <clears throat> you're talking about how many years later that he would, what, four years later, five years later, right? He's winning the belt four and a half years there. So, that's he had it back then, uh, fighting with these guys, feuding with these guys that 
like mid cars like Bad News Brown. I mean, it was everything was great. The Mountie. How many guys' these. best matches are with Bret Hart? I mean, mm -hmm. literally, their best matches with Bret Hart. Hakushi, One Two Three Kid, um, probably Davy Boy, probably. I mean, go down the list. I don't know. Probably Yokozuna. Probably Diesel. Guys like that. Pro yeah, maybe probably, guys like yeah. not not Sean and stuff like that now, but yeah. like not the top guys. But like you're talking about mid card guys, their best matches, right? Yeah. 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 Mr. Yeah. Perfect. Well, no, just yeah. top two bottom, I think, even, you know, like well, Sean's best match is not with Brett. Sure. But yeah. like Correct. besides Sean, Taker. Yeah. I would Taker's say best okay, it's with Sean, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's just because of Sean. I I'm being but Stone Cold. I mean, you know. No, yeah, but there's a lot more that are gonna for sure there's have, only a, i think you know maybe mean? five that yeah. don't and then got a million that are yeah absolutely yeah because i mean you know you mentioned john like who did he not have a good match with and i'll hyper well the the only other guy that you can say that about in my opinion is Shawn michaels you know so it makes sense that sean maybe didn't have his best match but those two had a masterpiece iron man match you know so like it might not be that's probably not the best match because we don't have the attention span for it. You know, like an hour is a long time, you know, like you that can would watch be my the, favorite probably, though, because I yeah. get to be treated with an hour of my of of that. But I yeah. hear why people would rather yeah. go with like, Brett versus Austin. It. You know, like I'm a I big fan of Sean and Taker at WrestleMania 25. I love mm -hmm. the whole story, the whole lead up, you know, et cetera. But no, for sure, like. Brett never had bad matches. Um, and yeah, like you said, you can name like probably so many people are like, oh yeah, I had my best match with Brett, you know? And Piper, best match with Brett. Owen Hart, yep. best match with Brett. Davey Boy, yep. we can go all the way down through it. I mean, it's just yeah. me trying to just put in perspective how great, I mean, excellent, you know, the excellence of yeah. execution. And then like you said, Mike, like how he worked with everybody. You know, yeah, like, and Coliseum home videos were built on him. Even a guy like Iron Mike Sharp, I put you on a put that on TV. I guarantee you'll watch it. It might be mm -hmm. six minutes long, but it'll yep. have you going for that six minutes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He did that every week on Superstars. So I mean Yeah, like I mean, so many guys like Stone Cold says Stone Cold probably wouldn't be Stone Cold without Bret Hart. The one, two, three uh -huh. kid, Sean Waltman still says Brett put him on the map, mm -hmm. you know, like even yeah. though you know, when he first came in, he beat Razor and stuff, but he showed that the kid was like main event level, you know, facing the WWF champion and like almost beating him, you know. So, yeah, we're, we're going to do a whole a whole sure. show yeah. on Brett one day. But um, you can't mention Canadian wrestlers without talking about the hitman. And we talked a lot this episode about like guys we never cheered against 100 percent. Not one time in my whole life did I ever cheer against Bret Hart. Bad guy or good guy, I never cheered for him. I always liked this dude. From the moment I saw him, He's he had it, man. He was cool as shit. Even in the Hart Foundation, I just mm -hmm. always thought he was awesome. And, uh, like, growing up as a kid, like, you kind of... I don't know about you guys, but, like, I looked at him as, like, a role model type guy. You know, Absolutely. Like, he seemed like a... Once again he's a human being he's flawed but mm -hmm. like that portrayal of that character i always looked at brett as like a hero type guy you know so mm -hmm. he'll always be my favorite like lists always change over time and stuff like that but 
that number one slot will never change. No, I only wrote against him two times, and that was against uh, Austin at WrestleMania. I was mm -hmm. with Austin mm -hmm. and at Survivor Series, but it had a lot to do with Owen, too. If Owen's Backlund, mm. I'm not, yeah, I love Bob Backlund, oh. but mm -hmm. you know what I'm trying okay. to say? Like, yeah. I'm not the fact that the whole dynamic I, I was like for Backlund in that whole thing, yeah, because I thought they were going to mm -hmm. get together, Owen and Backlund, and run just like a two month run until Rumble and then yeah. lose it again. But that's why I was actually pro back, but that's like, yeah. Definitely Austin, though, for sure. So definitely only maybe one time, and then that one there. Well, oh, um, Bret Hart, I feel like um, we will do a show on him one day. I So I just was at WrestleMania weekend. I only, you know, stood in line and went, wanted to meet one guy. It was Bret Hart. I got to meet him two other times, but they were, you guys remember the Best Buy one, where we yeah. got, like, ushered in and out. I made him and win. You got your time with Brett, and then another time you actually, you know, I think you you did it at the Georges, right? Oh, me and Frank, uh, I told you that whole story. We big time the shit out of that place. Yes, we legit walked to the front of the line and just took over. Right, but yeah, I got a chance to meet Brett this time, and this is like, you know, I was thinking maybe the one and only time I'll probably get to, you know, do this because who knows father time and um there was exactly you know what you hope for like the eye contact he talks to you it gives you a moment and i got to tell him what you said dude like as a kid there was a lot of kids you know without role models and stuff like that and we looked up to him and he was definitely um appreciative and i think he knows now especially you know he is getting up there in age but like there's so many people that consider him their favorite wrestler it's not even it's crazy actually like his popularity transcended overseas there's all that you know data and doc you know they showed that on documentaries but i just think it's weird because he was a canadian we're doing a show on canadian wrestlers but like even america like hulk yep. hogan was our guy but even american kids we went with brett like mm -hmm. he was our guy i mean he's still our guy and um yeah brett's brett is synonymous with canadian wrestling we've talked all about all the legends and and the greatest of all time so to speak in canadian wrestling history we started with Stu, we end with his son brett but let's do quick fire if we can as we get out of here some canadian wrestlers who we could call them obscure or maybe guys we didn't get a chance to uh shed some light on so i'll go around give us a couple so mike you got any that we want to throw out on a quick fire yeah, I got a buddy, Jack Roberts. I'm a big free bird guy, so it was big. Um, And uh, Abdul the Butcher. We talked yes. about him earlier. Buddy Jack Roberts was from Canada? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yep. Learning all <laughs> kinds of new stuff. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, that's two guys I can think of. You know, Abdul and um, just because we were talking about him before. And uh, definitely definitely Buddy Jack Roberts. I was a fan. Not a fan of uh, Garvin as a free bird. It was mm -hmm. the buddy Jack Roberts version yeah. of him, so. Yeah, I'm all about mm -hmm. him. So nice. What do you got, dude? I like it. Well, um, I have a couple from TNA Team Canada. Mm -hmm. One Robert Roode, who I'm a big fan of, who I feel like uh if you haven't seen his NXT run, check that out and see what what potential that guy had as a main eventer. Um and you know, there's there's so many more Canadian wrestlers, like there's Eric Young and um 
there's uh Scott Demore who runs Impact Wrestling now, and like we're for sure we're gonna miss some, but how about um, Impact's president is another guy you wouldn't realize is Canadian. I don't know if he's president, I don't know his title, but Mr. Santino Morella, he's a Canadian oh, wow. wrestler, born in uh, Ontario Ontario. Yeah, okay. you wouldn't know cool. it. But um, yeah, there's so many obscure ones. I wanted to throw. Don't a couple... forget uh, your favorite guy, Sean Spears. You got to mention him. I was gonna say, shout out to All Sean right, Spears, good. nicest guy in the business. Good. Yes, super nice guy. Meeting him in person. Also, um, you know, at, like uh, some of the old school names you mentioned, uh, Abdul the Butcher would never think of him as a Canadian. It's just yeah. super, super weird. And another one you'd never think because he's from parts unknown, but Missing Link, he yeah. was a Canadian. Mm. Um, Stan Stasiak, WWF champion, Stan Stasiak, um, former former uh, champion. And then there's some guys from back in the day. Gene Kaniski gets a lot of love as mm. Canada's greatest athlete, mm. former pro football player. People say he, you know, he was Mr. Canada, Mr. Canadian wrestling before our time. Obviously, we got to show oh, love Ronnie to him. Garvin, right? Yes. Yeah. Good Ronnie one. Garvin. Ronnie Garvin. And, um, yeah, there's so many Tiger Jeet Singh, Tiger Ali Singh, mm. or another Canadian wrestling family, Jinder Mahal, Canadian mm. wrestler. And um, yeah, I feel like we ran through so many. If you have any more, you could leave them in the comments. Tell us who your favorite Canadian pro wrestler is of all time, and maybe who you think is maybe a challenger to Brett. Maybe, maybe you think uh, Kenny Omega's already overtaken him. There's a lot of people that, that would say that. I think once again, that's just going to be like the generational thing, you know, it's like who you grew up with or, you know, stuff like that. I think that's that, that that's people fair. are going to, yeah, it's like, it's like your goat is always going to be subjective. I feel like. Yeah, I do. I think um, the more we have access though, to things, you can't live it in real time, but you do want to go back and watch, you know, watch your anthology of Bret Hart, give yourself eight hours throughout two weeks and watch all the Brett stuff if you never did and really make an, you know, an educated, I guess, <laughs> decision. But yeah, I feel like we ran through everything. Um, shout out Maurice. I have, I have one to more to Maurice. Tyler. One Maurice. more to, uh, one more to name, not to cut you off with Maurice. Well, we were talking <laughs> about the undertaker earlier and um, Don Jardine. Oh, nice. And then it did old school and then taker. He, he said it numerous times. He always thanks Don Jardine from uh, the spoiler for giving him that move, which is old school. Yeah. And, mm. um, we were talking about this off the air that he, he was also the original member of uh, Legion of doom with Jake, the snake Roberts. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, but yeah, more importantly, giving that move to taker taker had that move, that move all them years and he gave it to him. Don Jardine. Yeah, once again, spoiler. like that's a case where like, even though the guy, like his career might not be as like revered as others, like mm -hmm. without him, what's the undertaker, you know? So, all right. The 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 idea is respect the history of professional wrestling. I think you know, like absolutely, it, it existed before the Attitude Era. It existed before you know whatever era you grew up. That can be your era. You can like that the most, but you should at least respect, you know, the guys that and girls that came before. That's what it's all about. You got the access now. Go watch it. And um, this has been super fun. We went all around, Absolutely. you know, Canada, 
all the different parts, trying to pay some respect to Canadian wrestling, something near and dear to our hearts. When we got into wrestling, we gravitated towards these guys because of their work, you know, work rate and stuff like that. Now it's the same. There's plenty of guys that feel the same way about Omega and this current crop of guys, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. So it carries on the legacy of Canadian wrestling. We'll carry on next week. We'll be back for episode, what will it be next week? 47? We're nearing 50. So we're getting up there uh, to our half century mark. But yes. Long in the tooth, if you will. Yeah. Frank, good luck on your uh, San Diego uh, road work for the OG Roadman Zern, for Duke, the brain. Uh, It's been no soul. And just like Bret Hart, among podcasts, we are the best there is. (laughs) Oh, the what was. We are the best there was. The best there ever will be. And that's the now bottom hit line. Now my music. Because no soul said so.